ain't coming off wet. And for all y'all suckers that don't know, check it out. Some of them try to run, but they can't run like this. Welcome snuggle fucks, it's almost 420, so go get your gold, make these hoes get your money. Come in, you'll see, the man from Watsi, but this one doesn't charge, you'll get him for free. The rhymes will be flowing, yes there will be raps, by both hosts of the horror cast. Brandon is back, and we thank him for this, now we're living the real apocalypse. But don't you frown, don't let this virus get you down. We're in the hood, the good side of town. And in the end, we'll call the coroner. I'd like to lead this group horror corridor. So what you gonna do? The introductions are through. Let me pass the mic to beautiful Lacey Lou. Yo, 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 welcome a fresh face to cut to the chase. It's about to get lit. The fun just begun. Everyone welcome, Mr. Watson. What? What's up, Watson? Wow, that was a lot of fun. Well, 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 hold on just a second. <laughs> you rap well, you do, but I too have a rap just for you. Oh. <laughs> you ready for this? We are. Hello, my friends. It's Mr. Watt here, sipping an apricot beer, and you should not fear, because a gallon of whiskey is what I've also brought here. I've come to party like it's Wattsy, but I must admit you got me here by mistake, because this is Leprechaun Part 5 and not 3. It seems that I got demoted. Are you two trying to slay me by the fact that you replaced me with Brian and Jamie? <laughs> but, 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 I only joke, folks. I would rather have a stroke from Coke and then choke and croak than have an invitation to this show that I would revoke. I'm overjoyed to be here. No changed plan can phase me when I'm here with Dan and Lacey. Holy shit, man, it's crazy. The moral of the story is, listen to this podcast or you can bite me. And it isn't likely... Or even slightly like me not to smite me if ye bite me. I'll punch a slut in the face if she disses cut to the chase. Then when I nut in her face, I'll say, what a disgrace. This show is going to be dope, my friends. Totally funky fresh in the hood. I'm happy to be here with you three and be up to no good. Oh, oh my god. Wow. Okay, wow. there were points in that where I felt like I was watching So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding about the Brian and Jamie thing, by the way. Just like, when we initially touched base, uh, that we, I had, you know, sort of tentatively signed on for part three, and then, you know, then it just, you know, wasn't available anymore, and then this one came up. So it's, it's, I'm just messing around. No, no beef here, gangsters <laughs> up in the hood. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh man. And, <laughs> and we can't be. Or, I'm sorry. Why am I talking like fucking? <laughs> 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 It can't be rude. Let's welcome one righteous dude. Last time he was on, we nearly sung round of applause for Sir Brandon Young. Woo! I can't live up to anything you guys just did. Uh, I feel like I feel like Garth in Wayne's World uh, when he, after he plays drums and he just goes, "I like to play." I like to play. That's all I got. Be Frank. <laughs> Can I still be uh, no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm super. I'm glad to be back with you guys, man. We had so much fun last time. Uh, so yeah, I've been, I've been looking forward to this for a while. 
and my buddy, Mr. Watson, my co-host now. Yes. So. Ah, sir. Good yeah. to be with you. Yep. <laughs> How is the horror cast going for you guys? Yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's a trip for me, man, because that's literally that's the show that got me into podcasting. Really? Uh, like right. that was the first horror podcast I listened to. Um, because I I'm friends with Justin Beam. I don't know if you're familiar with Justin. He's an actor and he mm-hmm. works for Fango, and and so that's how I ended up getting connected um, with Mark Nato. And so then I started listening to that show. So now to be on that show is it's a trip, man. It's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we actually just had our uh, debut on the Horror Roundtable. Loved it. That was yes. the most yes. F bombs ever 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 said on that rated PG podcast. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know oh, was that it was supposed to be. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Fuck this. <laughs> I'm lazy, Lewis. What I do. <laughs> hey, it's all good. He he left in the swear words. Mark didn't edit anything out. It it was all wow. good. It's, it's it's been a great experience uh, being with them on that show because it is something that I've really never done very much of, which is being part of an ensemble. You know, I've done solo, did that whole thing with Horror Corridor. Now it's Dave and and Mr. Watt up in that Wattsy party doing that thing, two-man show. But being part of an ensemble, it's like there's a temptation because, like, they got Vin. So it's like, oh, shoot, I can just be lazy and show up and crack jokes the whole time. But, (laughs) yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I Like, they were some of the first podcasts – that I'd ever heard, yeah, with the Horcast was one of the first. So it's really cool to be a part of that. And it was great hearing you two on that show as well. That th- Those roundtable shows can be a blast. Yeah, yeah no, um, we discovered a couple of movies we wanted to watch just based off of just doing that show. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, yeah. we watched uh, Vivarium. Yep. At, oh, at, yeah. we, we both really liked that, thanks That's to uh, Tammy Turner. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, was, that was one of those where – Man, it just felt like you were shooting the shit with your friends talking about different movies a lot, which we didn't know anything about before that. And and I miss that, especially now with everything on lockdown. Yeah. You know nothing's coming out. So anything that I haven't heard of, if you want to put that on my radar, like, sink my battleship. I'm down. And, you know, just connecting <laughs> with people I think is key right now because we don't want to lose, you know, the connections to other people even though we're in, uh, you know, self-isolation. Right. Right, and uh, hey, listen, I, <laughs> it's no secret, at, when we started this franchise, I was, I was highly against it. I was yeah. like, no, because the, the whole concept was, no, it'll be a fun thing, like, we could have great podcasters on to do these shit movies. And uh, first of all, <laughs> like, so like, I, and of course, I'm like, nobody's gonna wanna do that, and everybody's just like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck! And but as we've been doing them though, I gotta say that they've been some of the funnest shows that we've ever done. Some of uh, like the best the, shows we've ever done. And not only that, just making great memories. And you know, especially in all this too. I know everybody's having like you know like personal little mini breakdowns just because of the fact that everything's different. Like things just yeah, change, it's, and it's adjusting. It's a drastic change. So everybody's trying to adjust, get into new kind of whatever. So everybody's looking for things to do to escape. So, you know, you go to the things like movies and what what we're doing now with podcasting. And I got to say, for me personally, it's been something that I've been looking forward to doing. Like, and a couple episodes ago before, you know, the whole (laughs) quarantine and all this craziness, it's like, I was like, oh, man, like, we still got fucking six episodes left. Like, I was not excited because it's 
it's a big undertaking. It's a, oh, sure. it's a whole franchise, and it's the Leprechaun franchise. And you know, we just did fucking Leprechaun in space, and I'm like, um, I don't know how much more of this I can take. But <laughs> I, I gotta say though that knowing that we had you two on the next episode, it's just. I don't know, I've been super just stoked lately to do stuff like this and like Lacey said, connect with you guys because we haven't we haven't been on uh any podcasts lately. We did uh one with Brandon with Annie and the Apocalypse. I love that show. Um Watson, we haven't had you uh, on actually. Yeah, technically. Yeah. yeah we're not even gonna episode yeah like so it's just it's it's a great way like Lacey said <laughs> to connect with everybody and and get everybody you know trying to do something fun get get your minds off of all the yeah, all the craziness and, and you know St. Patty's Day was ruined the parade Fuck. was canceled you're so, still so upset yeah, about I that am, and so that's why we were gonna cut it off at four and we decided that we were just gonna you know keep it going since St. Patty's Day was canceled you know what St. Patty's is going until we say <laughs> Nice. Run your shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I never want to watch this shit again. <laughs> no. so that's how I, a few years ago I watched, I did all the Children of the Corn movies. So, and that, oh, was, that, be that way was more rough the than worst rough. thing I've ever done. So like getting through Leprechaun, I can do it. I got it. Buddy, my sympathies. <laughs> right? So, so bad. So bad. <laughs> So, as you guys have said, you've uh, listened to a couple of the episodes prior to you, so you obviously know the next segment that is coming, which Uh-oh. is the infamous fuck one, kill one, marry one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so Mr. Young. Oh, shit. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. You know, and are you going to laugh because I'm the clean podcaster and I'm not going to say those <laughs> one of those <laughs> first? Stay well, true you know, to you. You know, I actually had religious movies picked, and Dan told me that was taking it too far. So I don't think that's too basic. So, 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 so you're welcome. I, I, I made this easy. For I don't you. sit around just watching Christian entertainment. But. That's, what that's what I said. Well, no, I thought it'd be funny, but apparently I'm too basic. I was like, Redding Young isn't a basic bitch. So <laughs> we switched it up. Well, I mean, we heard his Fifty Shades of Grey. That is true. I, I gotta say again, like we listened back to that the other day because I was showing a friend that, that show, and holy fucking shit, man, that is some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. In yeah. my entire life, I'm pretty, I'm months. pretty proud of it. <laughs> uh, all knows. right, for the sake of Brandon Young, we will switch it to Blink One. Wow. Boink. I don't know if that's better or worse. Or, or how about do one? Is that better? No, you can just say the word. I just won't say it. Fuck it. All right, fuck it. All right, fuck one, kill one, marry one. Joker, Bliss, Gretel, and Hansel. Fuck one, kill one, marry one, go. Uh, ooh. That's a, that's a good one. Oh, we know. <laughs> uh, Man, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little a little off here. I think I'm gonna kill. This sounds like your match with Don and Ellie. <laughs> well, it's, clearly, I'm discerning what the what the proper course of action here is. Uh, <laughs> wow, some serious philosophical thought going into this, buddy. I yeah, love it. I mean, come on, like, all right, so it's not every uh, day you get asked this. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going to marry Joker. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to, and th- just for you, Lacey, I'm going to boink uh, <laughs> a bliss. 
And so, so you know what that, that means for Gretel and Hansel. So you can avoid Friday Night Lights. I don't. There's something about that movie, man. It just. Whew. Yeah, I told you that's that's the only thing you guys have ever been wrong on. I love you, anyways. <laughs> no, did you hear? Did you hear that they called me out on the Twenty Two Shots episode? Oh God. No, no. I, I if I don't know uh, Twenty Two Shots. I did this franchise with them. I, I guess he must have been in Lent. But, yeah, I did that. <laughs> He was off of Facebook, so he didn't probably see. Yeah, no, we got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know an episode, and my intro that Moods did was, he's like, and the girl that didn't think that Bliss was a vampire movie. That was, that was my intro. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that's funny. That was a great intro. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the problem with 22... 22 shots, man. Their episodes are too long. I just, I can't, I can't do it. And Jeremy, I love you, but if you're on an episode, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> he won't hear you. He doesn't listen to podcasts. No, and I, like, I, I like, he, he just, he drives me up the wall, man. But after I podcasted with him, I felt like I had a different understanding of him, but like, what I just, they, what did you guys do together? Well, no, we did an episode of Fresh Cuts together yeah. and on uh three from hell and that was just like oh my god that was a nightmare <laughs> oh i remember that episode, well, he hated that episode. Uh, oh yeah it was brutal but no after that like that's i actually like jeremy quite a bit i'm just i'm giving him shit but no do 22 shots is too long <laughs> their episodes take me like three months to get through i listen like 22 minutes at a time and that's and that's being nice that's just well, the tip of the ice well, well, i think so. it's I think if it's like the Mark of a Truly Great podcast, like it, it just fly, the time flies by. Oh, well, the no, Mark I, of a Truly I, Great podcast, you don't have JP on it. Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, which he's actually doing the last episode <laughs> of uh, SuperCon. Yes, so and I'm just, I'm just kidding with him too. I, I love those guys. They, I mean, they've been so helpful for us, and uh, they helped me get started and gave me a lot of tips. So I'm just giving them shit. I love. Them. Watson, <laughs> are you ready for your question? I, I am ready, Lacey Lou. All right, the first one. <laughs> a blonde, a brunette, or a bald man named Dan? Wow. Marrying the bald man named Dan, killing <laughs> the blonde, and then uh, going to uh, have coitus with the other option with uh, occasional texts here and there. Dude, coitus is so much worse than any word you could have said. Really? I thought I was being classy. <laughs> oh, that's such a gross <laughs> word. It's, it's all gross. It's all wet and disgusting. God, I hope I yeah. Anyways, you know what? You actually did that too quickly. I, I want you to read. He didn't even have to think about me. No, no. No, I'm marrying Dan. Like that's just what it is. It's going to be not a nonstop party. Sorry, Lacey. Coitus is like the moist of descriptive words. Coitus moist. They're like the same thing. And those are at least the second one's a word I happen to really enjoy. Barbara, probably the quickest uh, answer that we've had to yeah. a fucking I, I'm passionate, Daniel. Right? <laughs> I, I think his next one might be a little bit more tough. So uh, let me ask you this, Watson. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Dave Z, Brandon Orlick, or Christian? F. Mary Kill. Uh, I will kill both Brandon and Christian and then marry and uh, have coitus with Dave Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of what you do already. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> you were obsessed. Uh, Gabby, I didn't even fucking think no, about it. No, that was no hesitation. I'm like, kind of impressed. I, I, like, it's conviction in my heart is what it is. I feel strongly <laughs> about these things, Lacey Lou. 
I feel like Brandon is actually going to take his time and, like, figure out. I mean, I think I know who he's going to kill here, but I, you never know. Oh, do, so I get, you, do I get another one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so you've podcasted with a few people now and <laughs> um, quite frequently. So uh, Mike Merriman, Venom, Mr. Venom. Mm-hmm. And Don and Ellie. Who <laughs> oh, my God. And Don's wearing no sleeves, just for context. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. That's all Point good. is with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> but oh, you my God. you Burger King for life <laughs> if you choose Don and Ellie. <laughs> oh, God. I, 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 I'm going to... All right, I'm going to kill Venom. Uh, I'm gonna, God. I'm going to marry Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm trying to make it as awkward as I can. It's, uh, I'm going with Burger King benefits. <laughs> yes. And I chose Mary Mike because he'll be so stoned all the time. He won't know. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, yeah, I can sneak around on him. And, and we're making nudie make memes of all of these just to let you know. So. Oh, great. I love nudie. That was a great episode, by the way. Nudie can deliver yeah. when he wants to. He Dude, should watch more. Like, like, I, like I've been saying, I feel like he's the most underrated podcast what he on wants the network. To. Yeah, but he should just want to. No, nudie's great. I, I, I joke, but I, I love that guy so much. He's Uncle great. nudie. Yeah, that good. was an amazing, amazing. That's one of my favorite episodes for sure. Yeah, yeah and I feel like it's kind of underrated just because I feel like you know some people might not take him seriously sometimes. I don't, but it was great. He's <laughs> <laughs> a really, really no, good podcast. That was an amazing. He, he brought so next question, guys. All right, we're done with that segment. We're going on to the hot fire round here. The bonus round. But lucky for you, there's a bonus round. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, you know, we're obviously doing Leprechaun in the Hood, right? What? So what, so what more fitting than to ask you guys uh, your top three favorite rap songs of all time, Watson? Three favorite rap songs of all time. Wow. That's a good one. Okay, so I'm thinking I'd have to go with probably it would be Agent Orange by Cage. No. Um. God, maybe like Worldwide Choppers by Tech Nine, and I'm thinking, oh, something from I gotta, I gotta go back now. We gotta go back to the '80s. I'm gonna go Ice Ice Baby. Wow. All right, Brandon. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty easy. So I'll say uh, Cream by the Wu-Tang Clan, oh. Mass, uh, Mass Appeal by Gangstar, and 99% by J. Rue the Damager. Damn! Wow. You guys did that a lot quicker than I thought you would. I'm a hip-hop head, man, and I, like, because I, I grew up in the greatest generation of hip-hop, so. That, yeah, for sure, you did. Like, Bro, like I, I remember where I was the first time. I heard Enter the 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, my friend had just got the tape of it, and we were at a party at this girl named Summer's house, and we literally sat inside the whole time and listened to that album, and it was, like, it was life-changing, man. I remember it. Yep. I'm incapable of choosing a favorite Wu-Tang. My, mine's Liquid Swords. Like, uh, I know it's not. Oh, dude, it's just so ridiculously. Dude, the, the, that whole album from the Jizz is incredible. Agreed. I, 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 no, 
I, I once saw a gangstar in the gangstar mobile. Yes, that what? was a thing. When they opened up for Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. what a show yeah. that must have been. It was, indeed. Guru, Guru is the greatest of all time, man. He's the best. Yep. Dan and Lacey, yep. can I... I'm sorry. I got to change my answers, all three, to break stuff by Limp Bizkit. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? It's just one of those days. Yeah, exactly. See if I can mute Watson's channel oh. on Skype here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to hear from me you anymore. Know, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a rapper live aside from, you know, when we went to go see Nelly. We saw Busy Bone. Busy Bone. And he was oh. the best part of the Nelly concert. He ripped it. Busy Bone is Busy Bone. He yeah, ripped like, it. he really did. Yep. Nelly was horrible. Nelly That's what was. I remember you saying, yeah. I haven't seen a lot. I like. I saw the Alcoholics. I don't know if you remember the Alcoholics. I saw them play with Biohazard. That was a crazy show. Oh and yeah, that, absolutely. And I, and with I, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I saw. I saw Outcast a long time ago too, Ooh. and that was that was legit. Uh, what, that's what, dope. Which one was it that we did? Roses really smell like. Ooh, ooh. Oh, it was on uh, Leprechaun Three. Yes, it was, baby. No, one of my favorite concerts though was Corn, Lincoln Park, and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> oh man, I would have loved to see. Oh, Lincoln oh, Park. and and uh, the RZA, Jizza, a bunch of people, a bunch of dudes from mm. the Wu Tang Clan. They all signed my ticket. I still had that. I brought that with me. Well, my favorite was Three Days Grace. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, like I got to go up on stage for the entire concert on a couch. And like they stare at me the entire time. He, he, <laughs> oh, I'm pretend you didn't fucking say that. Okay, I so hate everything about you, ah, dude. Exactly. Okay, so I'm glad that we're actually talking about this. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys. So now, would you agree though that rap concerts, in terms of audio quality, are much worse than rock concerts? Yes. Hmm. Rap? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Any hip hop. I I've never heard hip hop be better than the worst rock band I've ever heard. What do you mean? Which like, was, there's no like if, if they're not if, if they're not freestyling. Like, it, I feel yeah. like sometimes it depends on the venue because I've been to certain venues where I've seen hip hop acts and rock right. acts even in the same night. And if you got a decent enough sound man at that particular club or bar or what have you, then you get about a, a fairly consistent sound throughout. But, right. you know, uh, sometimes with rock bands, you know, you, you can have the inconsistency of the amps, but it will really punch, you know, so you can't hear, you know, you're standing in the audience, you can't hear any talking except, you know, because you're just hearing that blaring, you know, the drums right. and the guitar and the bass. But with sometimes with a lot of rap shows, it seems like, Unless it's like at a big venue, it does seem like I've noticed they tend to be – I'm not sure if quieter is the right word, but I have noticed that like as opposed to a rock show where it's turned up to 11, it does seem that I can still be like, hey, I like, can talk to my friend. Hey, let's go get to the bar. And Whereas at a rock show, I'm like screaming in his ear like, homie, we got to get to the – you know, so yeah, I, there's, there is definitely a discrepancy there, but I've never closely – analyzed it but man I, I love that you all are into live music it, it's a big passion of mine or it was before COVID-19 took but, it from me but 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 this but this one goes to 11 <laughs> yeah no. this one goes to 11 yeah. <laughs> well yeah it, it was such a big part of my life um in my teens and and you know through my 20s mid-20s or whatever it's definitely uh become less of a thing but you feel the void 
Like, I know uh, concerts, uh, you know, some people do yoga, some people do whatever, you know, they do to, you know, unwind. But yeah. for me, going to rock concerts, it, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, especially considering what it is. You know, it's just loud music. But if you consider, like, you have such a connection with those bands and, mm-hmm. you know... A lot of the times I was following these bands and they, they were just releasing new albums. You know, it was a certain period of time where a lot of these bands, every single album that they dropped was, was, you know, an eight out of 10 or an eight or above. And they were so good. And it was such a crazy time in my life. And I don't know, you just, you can't really compare those experiences with anything else, you know? And well said. Even so- movie watching you know it's like you go to a like okay for instance when we saw slipknot last summer holy shit was that an experience like that will never happen again that was unreal (laughs) you know i i haven't been to a single rock or punk metal any show since i got sober it's almost 11 years since i've been to a show you know i've been to i've been to a couple like you know acoustic artists and like you know more Group, I don't know. I, it sounds weird, but like more grown-up shows, and uh, like a couple, like I don't know, like again, grown-up shows where people mostly sit. Uh, and man, I miss it sometime. And there were some really good, like old punk bands that I used. To, I mean, guys that I used to party with and play with back in the day that came through town. I'm like, man, I just can't do it anymore. Oh can't, man, dude, I can't, Bra- can't do it. Brandon, I I got to take my son oh, and Lacey and Dan, and not not just two. Brandon, like, oh, hold on, Dan and Lacey, I got to talk yeah, to Brandon. We're, yeah, but, we're not talking so, to you guys right my, now. So. I took my son in 2018 to his very first punk rock show. We saw MXPX and Zebrahead, and it was one of the best moments of my life. Yes. Getting to watch my son enjoy the same punk shows, punk bands that I saw when I was his age, 16, just starting to drive. And he, he would have been 15 then or, well, 14 then, but he's 16 now. But just, at that age, I started going to punk shows. And, you know, MXPX was like one of the first ones I ever saw. Favorite, In fact, they have a song called Friday Tonight that it, I list, we listen to it every single Friday. It's the catchiest song ever, mm-hmm. besides Rebecca Black's Friday, of course. But, yeah, it, it's great to commune with the band like you were talking about, uh, Dan, because it, it's it's a magical thing. And, and right. I, I would like to ask you all now, would you want to see Postmaster P, Stray Bullet, and Butch Live? Well, only if it was in positivity. <laughs> positivity, yeah, there we go. I would, I would rather see Ice Tea at the Player Haters Ball. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. So that's a hard no. Are you, are you guys ready for your next question? Oh, yes, this yes, cool. Lazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, Brandon. What is the most hood thing you've ever seen? I okay, so I was I think I was 16, we were playing a show at the Raven and that it was a club in an area called Five Points in Denver. And so that was I mean it's a really bad part of town and in the 90s like if you were white and you went down there like it was bad. Like it was okay. is that kind of neighborhood. It was tough but um Ooh. so there's this tiny little club called the Raven. And like during the day, it was like a, just a normal, like kind of dance club where people drank shitty beer. And then at night, they did punk and hardcore shows. So we're outside just hanging out. And, uh, and then I look over across the street and there's this big group of people at this baseball field. And I just hear screaming and yelling. And then I watch this drug dealer guy pull out a gun, put it to a girl's head and pull the trigger. What? Yep. Wow. So a girl gets shot in the head right across the street from me. And I was like, yep. Did she? Oh, dead. Dead on the spot. And I was 16 years old in, like, you know, in the wrong part of town. And I was oh. like, 
Oh, that's why I'm not supposed to come you down here. Poor kid. I want to <laughs> hug you. That to be your fucking answer. Holy oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. I'm thinking this might be like kind of a funny story. I didn't realize we were going through crime. Yo, right? Made, like fun hood, Brandon. Like Jerry Springer hood. Jeez. Yeah. This guy. This freaking guy. I, that, I had, that was the first thing that popped in my head, man. I got it. Like, I felt like I prepped. No, I felt like I prepped. I felt like I prepped you for these questions, but I didn't at all. Well, I'm sure that that's not something that one would forget. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, like, no. he's been prepping this for his whole life. He's just like, if they like, ever ask me a hood question, <laughs> I got that. Did you have to give, like, a witness statement or anything? No, no, because everyone just took off running, and we left, too, because we were all, like, 16 and, and high and drunk outside of this club. So Yeah, no. you didn't see shit. Well, yeah. and also, snitches get stitches, so Brandon. Yep, that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like, if you want, like, a more, if you want, like, a more just hood thing, a more ghetto thing, my buddy used to work on cars, and so uh, he did hydraulics, so he took this dude's car from the garage and just was cruising around in the car and he pulls in this parking lot and he's like he yelled out the window he's like what watch me hit these fool watch me hit these so he starts hopping the car like, what he, like at, after two after two hops the car slams on the ground all four wheels pop off sideways yes <laughs> that's so way better feel, than the girl getting I, shot in the I head i feel like that that was pretty hood so <laughs> That that is so fucking hood. <laughs> uh, both, both both stories are you know I think going to be a highlight of this episode now. I know Watson. Can you top that, Watson? <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm I'm glad to be a bummer. And he's talking about a bummer. Did not expect that. No, not at all. Uh, so Watson, same question. What is the most hood thing you've ever seen? So. My, yeah, it's it's hard to top that that first one, but I can I can go more in the realm of the the hydraulic car breaking down. So, <laughs> a few years ago, I was dating this young lady, and it wasn't a serious thing, and 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 I knew this right off the bat, and it was like I I listen, let me just say something. I like a serious thing, but it just it just it's not what was in the stars for this particular thing, right? We're cl- we're kind of uh, bar hopping out in up uh, up in in uh. Not Seattle, Tacoma. So a bit, a little bit north of me, not as far north as Seattle, but just a, 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 a bit, a bit south of my far north. And so we're hanging out, we're, we're doing our thing and we're walking bar hopping and she goes, Oh no. And this is a basic white girl too. And she's just like, like, that's my ex-boyfriend's car. I'm going to key that car. And I'm like, no. oh, oh, geez. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's Come on. Let's go do karaoke and get some whiskey. We're not even going to mess with exes and garbage like that. Come on. No, let's go. No, well, no, she's no, not. She's, she's drunk. She's not listening. She goes, grabs her key, runs this thing uh, down down the whole side of this car and oh. is just laughing. Well, this black girl gets out of the car oh. and this, this black dude. And she's like, oh, that's not my ex-boyfriend's car. And I'm like, yeah, it's their car. And I'm like, and so I'm like scolding. I'm like, you apologize to these people. And they're yelling and uh, I'm laughing. And uh, this girl is stammering over her drunk ass self. But then the girl, this is what she does. Not not the girl I'm with, but the, the, the black girl yeah. grabs her weave, throws it on the sidewalk and goes, I'm going to kick your fucking ass, white girl. And they started brawling. And, uh, you know, the girls with got her ass kicked a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the, his, uh, her man and me, we, we pulled the, the girls from each other and, uh, they had to exchange some information. And so from there, it got really administrative. Uh, so then it stopped being very hood and started being very, 
governmental and very like, okay, so here's my insurance information. I'm very sorry about that. Thought this was my ex's car. My black guy is really hurting right now. And then me and the dude are just talking like, oh, so what do you do and for a living? And we're just, the, me and the dude are just chatting. And so uh, it got kind of hood just w- from the weave being thrown on the ground. I, wow. that's, I, that, I would never get that out of my mind that she was like, I'm not going to fight with this hair on. One, so. <laughs> once, once that weave hits the pavement, yeah. it's officially hood. Oh, and my, my, Lady friend got her ass handed to her, which, I mean, look, you can't be key in random people's cars, man, so he uh, deserved it. That's, th- there's nothing scarier than trying to break up women fighting. Like, for <laughs> real. Me, I, it was not, uh, not, it was not, not scary, buddy. Cause like there's hair, there's hair pulling and fly, you know, spit flying and nails and like, dude, it's, it's scary. <laughs> now I kind of feel inclined to tell my most hood story. Uh-oh. Tell it. I want to hear this. <laughs> so, um, I had a 94 Saturn. That's what I drove around, like, when I was, like, 18, right? And uh, me and my friends, we were all getting together, and we are going to go drink somewhere. And we had, no. to, we had to stop it. And we had to stop and get gas. So we stopped by the gas station, and uh, I'm pumping gas, and uh, my friend Kelly says, hey, you know, I'll go in and pay. And I see her talking. <laughs> there's this... this is, there's this woman on um, outside of the gas station, and you can see her just follow my friend in, and she's talking to her at the register. And she comes out, and then Kelly just Kelly's my friend. She gets back in the car, and this this black woman follows her out or whatever, and she just gets in my car. And I'm like, what oh. the fuck is going on? And she was like, uh, yeah, you guys are going to take me to uh, go get uh, to my crib. And I was like, um, no. no. And I was like, I don't have enough gas for that. She's like, I can see your tank. And I was just like, <laughs> and she's like, I'll get you guys some weed. And so the rest of the girls in my friends are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's wow. And I'm like, no, we don't know. This your friends thing. suck. I was like, I was like 19 years old at this time. And um, I was just like, no. And this chick was like clearly like a prostitute, you know, and like her lips were like caked white. She looked like Dave Chappelle from. <laughs> you got any more of them. And so, uh, Anyways, I was just like, I can't, I couldn't get her out of my car. So I was like, okay, I'll take you where you need to go. And she made me take her to the hood side of town, literally. Like, there is a hood side of town where, you know, I'm from. Like, it's the place that uh, all of us girls don't go, typically. So we take her there. And, but as we're driving, uh, all of a sudden, like, there's this smell. And, like, she was, like, chain-smoking cigarettes or whatever. And, like, there's this burning smell. And we're like, what's that smell? And she's like, uh, is old girl driving, taking some vino? Like, she's like, old girl driving, farted. And, like, I'm like, bitch, I'm driving you. <laughs> like, so, like, not only is this bitch talking shit to me, <laughs> she's accusing me of passing gas. <sighs> and she burnt a hole in the back seat of my car oh. with her sick. That's what the burning smell was. And so, anyways, we finally get to the place where we're dropping her off, and she's like, no, you guys, you guys are my angels. You are my angels. Come on in. And so. Uh-uh. Why would, no. I, I don't know. Reluctantly, we, like, there was, there was four of us plus her, and we go into this, like, apartment complex that's, like, the shittiest apartment complex I've ever seen in my entire life, and 
she knocks on this person's door, and it's this old woman comes out with, like, this clothing basket, and uh, the chick that we were dropping off or whatever, she was just like, yo, is Pedro in there? And, <laughs> and she was like, no, no, Pedro's not in here. Pedro. And she, like, slams the door. And the chick that we were with, she's like, oh, yeah, she's fucking lying. She's sucking Pedro's dick. And, like, it, and we're like, all right, all right, it's time for us to go. Uh, that was when you said it was time to go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after she said she was sucking Pedro's dick. Oh, Pedro. He, he did not get any uh, marijuana and. Um, Shocker. That, that, yeah, we, like, yeah, that was the most good thing. Wow. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's awesome. What about you, Dan? Me? Come on, Dan. Uh, Come on, Dan. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. This isn't even that funny, but um, in my in my crazier days, um, I was with a couple of dudes, and we went up to New Bedford, which is not a nice part of Massachusetts at all. And the dude that I was with, he was a very, uh, he referred to himself in the third person. He was like, he was like, no, Jerry, don't play that. And his name's Jerry. Like, that oh, is that's what's up. Like, Mr. So, Watson so, does play that. Holy <laughs> <laughs> don't play that. Yeah, homie, so I don't play that. So I was under the impression that we were going there and, and the initial plan was he was going to call his dude when we got to New Bedford. So when we got to New Bedford and the dude didn't pick up, things quickly changed. And he was just like, my name's Jerry, last name. I run these streets. Everybody knows me around here. So he, he puts his head out of my window and he starts hollering at this, I don't know, 350-pound uh, black chick. She yes. comes over and, he's, and he goes, yo. <laughs> he goes, can you get me something? She's like... Yeah, I can get you something, but I'm a prostitute. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this is so bad already. Like, this was so bad before we even came into contact with Big Bertha, with with Precious. Big Bertha. Right? (laughs) Once we ran into Precious, it was all over. over. So I was like, this is a bad idea. I don't want to be here. She said, no, it's all good. It's all good. Just give me the money. I'll go. I'll go run up to my boy's house. It's right there. It's three houses up. I'll go get it for you. I'm like, dude, don't do it. This is a horrible idea. Sure enough, you know, I run these streets. Gives her the money. So we're sitting outside of this house, and I don't know, I maybe eight minutes go by. Quickly finds out that yes, he indeed just got beat by a 350 precious-looking prostitute, oh. and on top of that. About five dudes came out with guns, all in their hands, strapped to the nines, and came out, and they were just like, you know, you better get the fuck out of here right now. Now, this was my car. I was the one driving. I said, no problem. I was out. I was fucking out. Of course, these clowns that I was with were like, yo, let's go. Drop us off. I'm like, dude, you will die. You will yeah. not only die, but this is so shady, and yeah, that was probably the sketchiest thing that's ever So that's the most happened. good thing you've seen. Uh, uh, having or five guns pulled on me? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Right, to a more lighthearted... <laughs> you asked! <laughs> well, those stories all range pretty dramatically. By the way, that, that dude is in the cut to the chase group. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's changed his life around. He's a good dude now, but yeah, you'll you'll realize why he refers to himself in the third person once you see his picture. Tell him to get <laughs> precious in there. <laughs> That's exactly. what I'm talking about. I'll be posting a lot more. Mm-hmm. So next question is, um, obviously there have been some fun cameos throughout this entire Leprechaun franchise. So aside from the Leprechaun franchise, mm. uh, what is your favorite movie cameo of all time? Uh, Brandon. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Coolio one was definitely surprising. I'd forgotten about that in this movie. You weren't uh, supposed to mention those why I set aside from. Well, but I don't I, man, come back to me. I gotta think about this. <laughs> I gotta think got about this. Good... Favorite movie cameo. Uh you, you, you mean, know it's 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 a it's it's a it's a it's a movie cameo. Uh you, you know, I I, I I don't know nothing about movie cameos. I, I don't know nothing about that. Well, Bill, Bill Murray is a big one. No, I was trying to be Beetlejuice from the yeah. Howard Stern show. <laughs> yeah, I got it, Watson. Thank you. Okay. You know, Lacey, that is a good one. Bill Murray and Zombieland. Um, God, that's a pretty high-profile one, too, and that was surprising because no one would have thought that was going to happen. Well, I actually, to go off what you just said, I would honestly say Bruce Willis in Split. I don't think that's a cameo. It is a cameo. What do you mean? No, that's, he did not, it for- that's not. Oh, He's in it for two seconds. No, but that's a setup of the next film. It's not a cameo. There wasn't a next film planned no, yet. No, yes, there was. No, there yes, wasn't. Yes, there was. <laughs> we always have this plan. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. No, there's a big difference between having somebody enter. It's not a cameo. <laughs> I, I, I'm staying out of this little battle you guys are in. Uh, so, yeah, no, what do you guys think? No, do, you, do you think Bruce Willis was a cameo in Split? Definitely. No. What? That's not a cameo. That's a setup for the what next What do you film. mean? That's not a cameo. Can a cameo be a setup? Yeah, I guess that's the way I would have thought of it, because I agree with both of you. It's not. No. Yeah, I see both came, of your points. When when he came into that movie, it made a, just um, a straight-up movie no, a, a sequel no. without M-9, you knowing it. It's M-9, a cameo. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong already it's had this whole... Thing, this trilogy set up. Uh, already had, so it's not a cameo if it's already pre-planned to have another film. Mm-hmm. Well, he, what do you guys think? I, I, you know, I know from what I read is that those the movie was already planned. So I mean, they had already set up that. But it's also so I don't know. I kind of I'm kind of with both of you on this one. I don't. Don't lie. You're more on my side. I'm su- no. I'm Sweden here. So I'm. What? <laughs> Switzerland. I'm staying out of this. I mean, I. I Considered it a cameo that serves as a setup, so I, I guess I guess I'm I'm not uh I, I'm 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 uh I'm, I'm Sweden. You said <laughs> it's, it's not a cameo. Yeah, it's, a, it's a character in the universe. It's not a cameo. He wasn't in that. You, you like didn't, Stanley is a cameo. Listen, right. listen, no, he wasn't that, but he wasn't that universe because of Unbreakable. Right. Okay. So. Okay. He, yeah, for sure, he was in that universe. But the brilliance of Split and why that cameo was so important... It's not a cameo! ...is because you don't know it's a sequel. <laughs> That's the whole point! No, and That's the whole point! Exactly, it's not a... It is a sequel, and that's it the is. point. So that's what makes it you not a cameo. You don't know it's a sequel, it's though, until the cameo. Until the cameo! This got hood. Yeah, yeah. It's a character. Can you guys ask the last... Let's go back to the hood question again, because I have a new answer. <laughs> this is the most hood thing I've ever 
I have a real answer now for the question. We're going to make a poll after this episode drops. A pre-established character can have a cameo in another movie. Not in this particularly, because it's setting up... You dropped your notebook. Because it's setting up the trilogy. Yeah, I'm so passionate about this. It's setting up the trilogy. It is a character, not a cameo. All right, you would. I know. I know I I would. Absolutely right. So, I mean, Stanley in every, um, you know, MCU movie, that's a cameo. Uh Like, he's not playing the same character. It's something different. Wes Craven in Scream, that's a cameo. Like, I, I I do have a real answer now too. I thought of uh, oh. I thought of uh, it's actually a tie uh, between me and the frame, uh, hey, uh, uh, and Jean Claude Van Damme in Breakin. Oh, because he's one of the dancers at the pool scene in Breakin. He is. Wow. He's jumping around. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So uh, so I dropped my own name and I dropped some Van Damme. <laughs> That's me just trying to push Watson to watch that movie again because I've been telling I him. Know, I know, I know, and I will, buddy. I promise you. I, I got Brandon Orlick to watch both of those movies. He watched Ink and The Frame. Well, <laughs> I, I loved Ink, but we don't talk about bad Brandon. <laughs> you know, the first time I ever like understood a cameo, I think, was the movie Casper, which was uh, when do you guys remember the movie Casper, right? Christina Ricci sure and Sawa, and you know uh, the goes into the bathroom and you know you got Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson. Those those are cameos to me. Dan yes. Aykroyd was in that briefly as a Ghostbuster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those are cameo? cameos. That's a real cameo. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm kind of crazy because apparently. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna get into our feature review of Leprechaun in the Hood. What, what, what? All right, so how did you guys, were you guys really familiar with this franchise, or was this something that we just sprung upon you? I I mean, I watched, I think this is probably the last one that I watched uh, <laughs> back in, so I saw this in, what, 2000, I guess, is when this came out. Um, uh, and I, th- I think that ended my uh, wanting to ever watch a Leprechaun movie ever again. <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, I grew up with these, so I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. Like, did you think they were funny or ironic or? Like... No, no, I just thought they were bad. He goes none of that. No, yeah. no. All right, what about you, Watson? You know, I grew up with these, but it was really only seeing clips of them here and right. there when I was a uh, when I was in grade school. And so sometimes yeah. I think with some of them, I was a little too young to get that how campy they were supposed to be. So some of it was genuinely frightening, although yeah. I couldn't have told you anything about plot. Or anything about what the, you know, anything smart about these movies or consistency or anything like that. But I will say that when I was dating the, the, the young girl that would eventually become Skylar's mother when we were in high school, we did watch Leprechaun in the Hood over at one of our mutual friends' houses. And that was the last time I have, I've seen this except for this show. But then last year, my son and I caught Leprechaun on the big screen at a horror festival. Oh, and then nice. we, that, yeah, then that same weekend we watched Leprechaun Returns because, uh, what was it? Uh, I, be, I believe it was one of the, the, uh, co-directors of The Void, which we love, did that movie. And so we really, really like Leprechaun Returns a lot. And I so, still, yeah, so I yeah. have that. I still haven't watched Leprechaun Returns, but I've heard it's pretty good. It, it's, it's a good one. It's probably my favorite in the franchise. They really did a good job. With it, but 
Yeah, Leprechaun in the Hood kind of goes way back. I watched this and Boondock Saints in the same night. Ooh, yeah, nice. First, uh, first viewings of, of each. All right, so I'm going to read the little synopsis that they have on IMBD. <laughs> DB. IMDb. You got this. Up in here. Let's, see, let's see how accurate they are and if they're anything like Marty <clears throat> Children's Go. All right. <laughs> when three rappers want to get even with a pimp, they accidentally unleash a leprechaun who goes on a killing rampage in the hood. Is that it? That's it. I love how... In one sentence, they can fuck it up. <laughs> well, he's, he's not a pimp. Mac Daddy will make you not be a pimp. Listen, Ice-T is forever a pimp. I know everybody knows him as as a pimp. I know Ice-T from Law & Order. <laughs> that's, hey, you know what? That's, that's what not, a lot of people know him from. That's not really pimp to me. <laughs> He'll always be Nino Brown, New Jack City, man. Oh, me. New Jack City, baby, yeah. I've yes. never seen it. Should I watch it? Oh, it's so good. Absolutely. Let's watch The Matrix first, though. Uh, is he in The Matrix? No. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. What do you mean? Maybe he has a cameo. <laughs> oh. No, that's setting up a future movie. <laughs> yeah, so th- this one I was, um, I was honestly... I was honestly excited about because much like Watson, I had always seen pieces of all of these movies, but the most pieces I think I've seen was of this one. Was of this one, and I didn't realize that until after I saw it. But I was like, "Oh, actually, I've seen a good yeah. chunk of this movie." Yeah, you said that a lot as we were watching it. And you know what? It's it's weird because it felt very incoherent then, and nothing's changed. It's still very. Incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's such a weird movie, though, because I'll be honest with you, in terms of, like, production value and cinematography and everything, it was a step up, definitely from the last one, from In Space. That shit was fucking ridiculous, as everybody knows. That was so off the wall, and the decisions that they made in that movie, they were so bizarre. It was so bizarre that to bring it kind of back... um, back down to earth, I mean, figuratively and literally, and to to make it kind of, um, you know, satire on many things, I thought it was kind of a brilliant idea. I mean, and I know it's a cliche, like, let's go to space, let's go to the hood. Like, All right, so uh, a new segment that we've uh, decided to do is read the headliner of reviews on IMBD as well. Oh, yes. Read some of those (laughs) gems. All right, because I think these are fun. What's the general public saying about what the fun (laughs) in the hood? Like, just the headliners, like, not the actual review. All right, so the first one is 10 Reasons This is the Best Budget Buy Ever. Okay. Uh, The next one is An Important Movie. (laughs) 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 Oh, that was Watson. Watson said that. The next one is I Want to Be Money Back. (laughs) The next one is hysterical. Uh, so bad, it's still really bad. I would agree with that. Nice. But they gave it a 9 out of 10. So, <laughs> oh. What you'd expect from Green Lep number 5. Okay. Leprechaun in the Hood is to bomb y'all. Lep in the Hood come to do no good. That's which, you know, true. That's obviously, yeah. It's true. Uh, ties with three as the best in the series. That was you who wrote that. Actually, physically painful to watch. I would agree. One of those ones it's hard to believe they made. Lep in the Hood, Come to Do No Good. So there's two with that same headliner. 
A movie for the Irish hoodlum and all of us. Okay. Oh, wow. has been blacked out. Wow. <laughs> that's my favorite. Just stop that. No, no, there's a better one coming up. <laughs> the Little Green Creep Does It Again. <laughs> Could be the worst leprechaun. Leprechaun in the Hood. Fear a Little Green Man movie. Celtic Poo. <laughs> <laughs> I find that offensive. Keep going. I find you offensive. Offend me. Offensive. Horrible. Dry Queen Fest is on. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Truly is. awful. What the hell? Textbook definition of flawless. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Funny but unnecessary. Pretty awful. Better than the space trip, but still lacking the innovative kills and humor. <clears throat> Ice tea or bust. Worst leprechaun sequel, evil, but still watchable. Why do I like this? Well, it's obvious. It's leprechaun, and he's in the hood, yo. It's Christmas time. What? It's a raping leprechaun in the hood. Three rappers and a killer leprechaun. And the last one is awful, vile pile of shit. <laughs> well, there we go. Yes. So uh, I just think those are sometimes fun to read. So uh, based off of that, just initial thoughts on leprechaun in the hood. Watson. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I want to start things off on a little bit of a massive positive here. <laughs> when I say that somehow, and I couldn't, I, I can't even begin to explain how this might have come to be, but somehow this film manages to do extraordinarily well in fleshing out our main protagonist here. And I, 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 I don't, don't kill me yet. <laughs> Hold on. So, you know, we're, we're dealing with a franchise here that breaks its own rules, ignores its own continuity at every turn, a franchise that consciously decided that the one and only place to go after space simply must be Compton, California, which is the actual final frontier for leprechauns, right? You know, this is what we're this is what we're dealing with here. And yet for all its problems I have a really big theory on this and I'll get into oh, it later, but continue. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, like uh, for all its problems, this script gives us Postmaster P uh what was it, Stray Bullet and Butch, and writes them in such a way that you actually care for them. Like I was shocked by their depth and by the fact that they weren't painted as disposable leads. Right. And that that was pretty cool too. And some of the kills weren't too shabby. Did did any of you have a favorite kill? Uh I, I liked I liked uh Ice T's homie in the seventies with the hair pick in the throat. Oh, that wasn't oh, too bad. Dude, that was oh, oh, uh one of my notes was Ice T throw yo seventies. <laughs> oh yeah. And, well, the humor, too. I mean, okay, like, some of the humor did make me laugh when Ice-T's pulling all these weapons out of his afro. I right. was belly laughing. I'm sitting alone in my dark house, in my living room, just just <laughs> laughing that he's pulling things out of his fro. You know, the leprechaun, you know, getting in on hitting that blunt, the whole church offering scene. Does, Brandon, does that happen at, uh, at, at, uh, at Mass, where, <laughs> where you know, you, got, <laughs> you get that type of offering uh, musical act? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course it does. Yeah, it's every third Sunday. <laughs> every third Sunday. Okay, so that's when they come in. But yeah, more often than not, though, and maybe you, you, you all would agree with this, I did find myself laughing at the movie quite a bit, but there are times where the movie knows what it is, and that's when I think it works. So those are some pos kind of some positives I have right off the bat before, and I do have a little bit of thematic contour I'll get maybe a little later into. So Yes. Yeah, just a few positives to throw out there. But I guess overall thoughts, as Lacey kind of did ask, I did want to throw some positives out there to basically say that, uh, I mean, it's a cringe fest, the setting. Did you get this impression, everybody, that 
like the setting as in the film locations, they felt weird to me. Like it brings to right. mind the way, let's see, what'd be a good example? The, uh, oh, I got one. The movie crushed the skull from 2015. Uh, it, it attempted to create this illusion that there was more space than there really was by sometimes not showing characters from alternate angles. You know, I, I, I don't know uh, the movie that you're referring to, but I know exactly what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, for example, um, you know, they're in the church or they're in, um, you know, the pawn shop or what or they're in the you know nightclub setting. Like it, they're minimizing like what they have, but expediting it, if that makes sense. Exactly. I'm I'm glad that that was apparent and that wasn't in my imagination because that was one thing I was trying to put a descriptor to. Cool. Well, and also too, it's very. Um, I'm curious as to why they chose certain locations in this. You know, like a um, like a big drag queen's house to have a party at. Just very odd. It was an apartment complex, right? It was an apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was just there's there's certain things where when I think of these these places they're pretty much indicative of anywhere as opposed to indicative of the hood right yeah. don't scene of them walking down the streets like in front of stoops like it, it was just very odd to me it's it's almost like you know Jason goes to Manhattan and he's on a boat it's that same idea it's like why would they do this like wouldn't you wouldn't you kind of spring for at least a couple shots of them walking down the block in Compton or something anyways right. Yeah. And and furthermore, to, to that point, Dan, you know, I'm, I'm fine seeing a story play out about three young dudes trying to make, you know, trying their best to make their musical dreams come true and finding death and corruption along the way. That sounds like a good story to me, but I, I'm just not sure how a leprechaun fits in there. Like, I've, I've seen this movie, like I said, twice, once when it was new back in the day and twice now for this show. And I still can't envision like the thought process behind the initial right. creation of this script. You know, people wrote this. People sat down on their typewriters or with right. their pen and a pad, you know, trying to get this damn label off. Why and having that? This is the millennium of aftermath, and it ain't gonna be nothing after that. So give me. No, but anyways, wait. What? What? So wow. but, you can have it back. Exactly. But can you picture the people writing this script? They they got their pens, they got right. their typewriters, and like we are doing this. This is yeah. happening. I can't wrap my mind around that, my friends. No, dude, and you know what, man? I've never experienced this on on such a consistent level as to when I'm reviewing episodes of Married with Children weekly because there are some things that that fit so brilliantly, and it's like, ah, oh, this is great, like this is comedy, and then there's other things that make no sense. There's, it's almost like they're not even trying, and it's like, well, why would why would you connect? you know, A to C and B to D, but not connect to, like, all these other things, which are layups, in my opinion, which, you know, are easy layups, like, like things that have happened in past episodes and stuff like that. So yeah. the the lack of caring, I guess, for continuity in this mo- in these sure. movies, yeah. it's all very telling, and I, I'm with you. I can't, I can't necessarily wrap my head around this whole concept of people that like movies that are like that are like this that are just like oh but it's so bad it's good now I get that I just don't think movies like this fall in that category what? this is just it's a lot of just dumb shit now can I find good shit in it too absolutely sure. like yeah. so I 
I enjoy them, but I can't understand why somebody would. This would be somebody's dream to set out to make a movie like. This. Well, no, when we were <laughs> watching this one specifically, Dan, yeah, you were like, "Oh, I can get behind this." Like, you I were, could. You were so miserable watching Leprechaun and. Oh, it was so bad. It was so but, bad. Like you were like in this. Okay. You were in this one. Ice tea. You you give me ice tea in any movie. I'm just like word. And and then on top of that too. Like, I thought the leprechaun himself, he looked great in this again, quintessential leprechaun. There was nothing... Well, and you like that he was rhyming again. That was the... Honestly, that's what got me. He did not rhyme in space. Not only that, but I believe in the third one as well, um, they they declined a little bit. It's not that he stopped rhyming, but they just got kind of... There were some missed opportunities. They weren't even rhymes uh, a couple of the times. I was very disappointed. I was like... Three all the way. Nah, there was a couple. There was a couple with with one with Caroline. Uh, Caroline. Caroline but, is the reason for the word. So I thought that coming back to this movie, I thought that his rhymes were so on point the whole time. And listen, I've said this on other shows as well. That's what I love about this franchise and what I think it should be all about. And it is mostly, but they, they veer off on other little side roads sometimes. But Give me the witty banter before the kills, before the stalking and whatever he's going to do with this person. Because that's another thing with the leprechaun. You never know what the fuck he's going to do. <laughs> he just, in one point in this movie, he just decides to put a hole through a dude. Not with a gun, not with anything, just with his hand. Just put a hole through him. Right. That was a pretty good kill, actually. I it see was. The, uh, his sight is a uh, henchman. Yeah, yeah. That was honestly yes. the best kill in the entire movie, I think. Probably, it, yeah, I think so. But I think you only like this movie because, uh, obviously... Yeah, the it, ones are so bad. It, no, there's weed involved. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, so, Brandon, what were your initial thoughts on this movie? <laughs> oh, this is one of those movies that I had forgotten about. Uh, and <laughs> I was pretty sure I wanted to forget about it. Um, yep. And for about the first half of the movie, I wished I wasn't watching it. Uh, and it was just holding on to the fact of being so excited to talk to you guys about this movie. Uh, and then about two thirds of the way through, I actually started laughing at the movie because I like, like, look, I'm, I'm notorious. Like I used to love lower budget cheesy films and I just don't have the patience for them anymore. I just don't. Uh, but this one actually started to grow on me at the end. And I think it was the drag queen that turned it all around. And I like, dude, you can't port- portray drag queens like that anymore you can't because no. like, in today's society like how dare you like how dare you assume like anything and like you know when when that creepy little bastard makes leprechaun you know who makes tranny jokes he's like oh i didn't come here to play with the fruit you know <laughs> i started laughing so hard so like as much as i it was like man it was a chore to get through that first part then i and then you had mr chow the little asian dude dancing no. and like Stuff like that. So I don't know, man. Like it's a bad movie and not enjoyable. Oh, like I, uh, it, it got fun as I got through it. So yeah, I like the first part. I was just like, oh. But then after ways in, I was like, all right, I'm cool with this. <laughs> and you know, this was actually the last uh, film of the series that was released by Trimark. Oh really? Uh, you know, they obviously descended yep. in 2001, and this came out in 2000. Which was four years after Space. Right, right. And, you know, it's funny that you said that this movie was in 2000. I thought it was much earlier than this. I thought it was, like, 
97, 98, you know, at least a few uh, years before. Now, it's funny, Watson, because you made a Beetlejuice reference earlier. Now, you got Scary Movie that, and, you know, uh, Scary Movie 2, Beetlejuice is in. You got all these comedies that, that came out. And if you look at the amount of movies that came out in the year 2000, no fucking wonder this one flew under the radar. <laughs> well, yeah, no, this very much reminded me of Scary Movie. That's why you actually looked up the year. I did. It was, I was like, this reminds me of Scary Movie. I was like, like this came out. It's so weird, though, to watch these movies now. Going back, you know, um, early, mid-90s, starting it with uh, Jennifer Aniston and motorboating her ass. Motorboating her ass. <laughs> now, now that we're in the year, the year 2000. In now the year that, 2000. <laughs> well, actually, the trailer of this. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. The trailer the was end, fantastic. The, the end of the trailer, it says, coming in year 2G. Oh, two G. Wow. Oh, Microsoft that, Word. Right. That, <laughs> that, 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 that was the end of the trailer. <laughs> that, like, leprechaun in the hood coming in year 2G. Oh. Revisiting, like, the mid to late 90s and, like, is so painful. Right? And, like, it's so painful now. Right. Because, like, they're just, you can look at something and be like, oh, yeah, I can totally tell when this was made because they just... There's something about the corniness to them and like the bad production quality, and it's just like it was rampant then. Right, right. Now, so go, going back, and I, I think maybe Watson was alluding to this earlier in terms of, you know, these movies are basically satire at this point, um, especially with this one in the hood and the whole plot. You know, these guys are trying to rise to fame and stuff like that. Do you guys look too deeply into anything like that, or or do you think that even trying to deliver any type of message delivered in this pile of shit <laughs> is even worth it? Like, is it even worth trying to trying to be kind of clever about something like this? You know, like you mentioned the healthcare thing in the Vegas thing. That to me was really smart. With this, the metaphor just fell completely flat. Like I knew what they're trying to say. But it just – it was just nothing to me. You know, I will say that I watched a YouTube channel called Wisecrack analyze the lyrics. Like they did a deep analysis, a deep philosophical analysis of the song All-Star by Smash Mouth. And the title of the video is like All-Star by Smash Mouth, Deep or Dumb. And it analyzed the it, – it seriously just broke these lyrics down and tied them to various philosophers – and eventually it concluded, okay, it's dumb, but we like the song or whatever. And so it made me think about this film because I watched him, I think on this, I watched that the same night I watched this. And yeah. so I do want to run this by you and, and, and you tell me, Watson, you read too much into it. That's not there. Or like, oh, there is maybe some sort of nugget of depth to this. So let me run a thematic concept by the three of you and just see if you can hang with this and see you know what you think so how about post masterpiece journey throughout this entire film so if i were to say that maybe something deep is here something remotely deep in this film mariana trench deep not really uh you know some nugget of an underlying theme i i i'd say we can find that in post post masterpiece progression as the story plays out so at the start all he wants to do is deliver his positive message now right. you can see that he's a genuinely good guy who doesn't want to live the life of a hustler he just wants to make his music and, you know, make a difference in the world. So as the movie plays on, though, 
we see a number of instances where Postmaster P compromises his morals to get ahead. Right. The whole reason, I mean, the, the entire reason the Leprechaun is even here resurrected once again after the 70s and after that cold open there is because they decide to go up in Ice-T's office and do some thievery, right? Which is something he didn't even want to take part in. Now, right. here's the key. Here's the key. Enter in the magical, mystical flute. This right here is where we see his downfall start to play out because all he has to do is play this flute and he can manipulate and control those around him. It's something he never would have expected, but here it is nonetheless, this uh, newly found easy way to the top. And so at the end, when all his homies are dead, our dude is no longer the man we we once knew who wanted to make a difference with a positive message. Like, peep those green eyes at the very end there, which suggests that our boy has quite literally sold his soul to get where he is now. And, you know, despite the leprechaun's lighthearted and poorly executed rap song there at the conclusion, because let's face it, they got out of sync (laughs) uh, with the beat a lot. (laughs) This is a, that's a pretty damn dark ending that confirms what we all know, that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, I just said all that. What do you think about that as a legit theme? Do you think that's something that I mind too deeply to find in a pile of garbage, or do you no. think it's there on purpose? That that is the theme for sure, and that's and and I that first of all that was a terrific assessment, by the way. Thank you, sir. And no, but he, here's here's my thing with it. Okay, I I see all that and I appreciate it that, but it it just it begs the question now. Does it belong in a movie like this? And the only reason I ask that question is because you look how the leprechaun is kind of incorporated into the plot. It, I feel like it could have been, it could have been done better. I could have, oh, yeah. they could have used him as the flute, kind of in a way. Not, well, not really, but you know what I mean. What? But like, they, I'm sorry, can you explain that? Like, bitches okay, play my skin flute like they're Kenny G. Exactly. Yeah. Like, ha- like have the leprechaun around because we've seen the leprechaun get along with people. Oh, shit, he smokes weed with people in this one. Um, I think that his incorporation with the whole plot, it was just kind of like, um, we're taking this theme, which Watson eloquently laid out for us, and we <laughs> just, we put the leprechaun in it. And it's like, okay, but I can think right out of the gate, like, there's so many different ways you could work him in. With that, like you said, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I'm kind of uh, bewildered that we're even asking these questions during the Leprechaun movie. But <laughs> but but you you asked the only worthwhile question, and I just think that it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make too much sense because the Leprechaun doesn't really have too much to do with their journey. He's just after the flute. Yeah. Well, you know, in my honest opinion, I believe that all of these films implement, you know, greed. And, well, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. You know, and I, I, I agree with you, Watson. I think that, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, was there intelligence going into writing these scripts? No. But um, are there underlying themes? Absolutely. You know, I feel like uh, Postmaster P's journey. <laughs> Grandmaster you know, B. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's the same. Who knows? Right. But um, I feel like he did have the most journey throughout any of these films of any of character. any character. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, he, he was very conflicted throughout the entire thing. Like he wasn't going to go rob Mac Daddy, but right. then he decided to go do it. And then you know he's very conflicted of whether you know the fame is worth it or not. And then there's that scene at the end. Um, you know, I 
I don't want to like skip to it, but I guess we will. Let's Just do for it. the sake of this conversation yes. is when, you know, they're at that contest and the dude comes in and was like, Hey, you guys won. And then, you know, the leprechaun obviously <laughs> finds them through his zombie bitches. And, um, yeah, zombie fly girls. Yeah. Zombie fly girls. <laughs> and, um, he comes in and he's going to let them go after he gets his loop back. And, right. you know, he's got, you know, stray has, uh, the gun and, he, I, this is the part that kind of lost me a little bit is because he was going to let them go and then he was just like, you motherfucker. And then that decided the leprechaun <laughs> to like make him take, uh, Stray have him take his gun and shoot himself. Yeah. Which I think that's probably maybe the most emotional <laughs> that we've seen at this part. Yeah, so, I agree. That, that as well. Like, yeah. That's pretty fucked up. I agree. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it's a theme, and I it's like I almost don't want to give the film credit for having that be an intentional right. thing because it's such a bad movie. But I don't know. I again, like, I think it's because of the time that it was made and released. I mean, that this was almost like the way movies looked and felt then. So, right. Um, Belly. Well, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I mean, there was a lot. And I mean, even like, you know, mentioning like scary movie and like the spoofs and like, you know, again, with the Trimark stuff, I mean, like they had the dentist and like they had some <laughs> really bad movies, but it was like they had that same look and feel. Right. right. Um, I mean, so, I, yeah, I, I mean, I do think that's a pretty spot on theory. And I I think I think they were definitely trying to tell that story. But again, it's like I almost don't want to give them credit, the fact that they came right. up with something like that. So. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's cool about that is the it kind of proves the efficacy of a universal theme because you can plug in these themes to any story. It doesn't have to be Hamlet by Mr. Bill Shakespeare. It can be something like this. And now now Did that Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah, William Shakespeare. Bill. Will... We're on a first name basis. Like yeah, Bill shakes a beer. Silly boy. The bard. Yeah, the bard is the building. Uh, but like you know, it, it, yeah, it shows the whole thing about how you can you know take a theme and plug it in anywhere, and it can it can work, but to varying very varying degrees. I I, I you know right. Hamlet versus this or you know whatever uh, uh, any other story where greed is used. You know the. M- Monkey's paw. No, that's more. Be careful what you wish for. Um, right. so it's not quite greed, but there is greed there at the heart of that story as well. And the monkey's paw is a ten out of ten short story. And you know, and I, I don't know if anybody's saying you know the the lep in the hood who is up to no good. By the way, I don't know if anybody's calling this a ten besides that those homies on IMDb. <laughs> I caught that. I caught that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get back to the beginning because I feel like we're spoiling just a little bit. But yes. Alright, so, uh, the beginning is, and something that we've talked about a lot in these episodes that, as we've gone on, is how Leprechaun is produced, right? Uh, or how he is, um, how he... How he's awakened. Yes. yes. And in this one, he, um, the, the very opening scene is he's very much well alive, and he's on the steps, and he's talking, and he says, no one is safe from a left in the hood. Like, so obviously, like, he knows what's going to come. Do you guys think that he knows, like, his his path that he's going on? This is his story. He's telling it to us, yes. Yeah. I- <laughs> he's, he's telling it to Fred Savage. Oh. 
<laughs> this is the Wonder Years episode. Brian is in here. The Leprechaun Bride. <laughs> well, the, well, like we established before, clearly, you know, and it begs the question again, is this the same Leprechaun? Sure sounds like him. Sure talks like him. Um, well, and I have a theory on that, and we'll get to that in a minute. I, and, I, and I think I know your theory. Does, yes. Is it like a Final yes. Destination type deal? Yeah, okay. But I don't think most people would put that together unless you watch them like we have. Nobody would ever put that together, especially the writers of these movies. (laughs) No, I just, I just agree. But so right now we're in the 1970s with Ice T. Yes. And And his his cohort. Yep. Who has a pick in his hair. Mm -hmm. And they're they they are it's like a tunnel or you know. in other films, he's been in a tree. Uh, I, I feel like it's the same place. Yeah. I feel like it is the same place. We'll go with that. I mean, it feels similar, right? Sure, what do you not? guys think? I, I mean, did you guys recently watch the other films, or no, no? <laughs> okay. okay, well, like in we the other, film, in the other films, like he's come out of a tree, like he has his own little man cave. Right. I've seen them, and I did hear your shows on them, so yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, the Leprechaun has this little man cave, and that's, well, what, this, cave. And that's what this feels like, is when, uh, you know, uh, Ice-T and his little pit cohort come in, yeah. and he's just like, you know what, grab the loot, let's go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's funny, Dan brought up a good point. Uh-oh. He was just like, why are you going to pick them up one by one, like these pieces of gold? Right. Well, and he was picking out of, like, a pot. Just take the pot, bro. Yeah. Like, just grab it. Like, everybody that's ever tried to take the leprechaun's gold or anything like they that. They didn't and, know. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, like, that, like why, like, the, the way they go about grabbing it, it's like, let's grab a couple pieces and stuff it in our pockets. What are you doing? Like, there's, they're the most inefficient ways to grab any type of anything <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, the question that we pose to you guys is, do you think this is the same Leprechaun in all the other films, or do you feel like it's just a different Leprechaun and different enemies? Is he back from space? <laughs> I, th- I think same Leprechaun. Yeah? Okay. What did he do, just regenerate after they blew him up and he was giving him the finger? He just kind of floated Well, he did regenerate in this film. Like, I mean, he did get his arms blown off. That's what I'm saying. Anything that we say is a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Anything. Well, and, you know, it's like that's every other horror franchise, whether we love them or not. I mean, it's the same ridiculous things that pop up. And I don't know. It feels to me like the Leprechaun is this kind of eternal character that's always been around. Right. Well, and I feel like that's why I love Scream so much is because they are humans. Different person under the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it can be anybody at any time. And Fuck like, you, boy. Like, I mean, I get it. They're attacking the same <laughs> person over and over again. However, mm. But they're different people. Cool. But, I mean, that's why it works. Yes. Yes. Like, who would not want to attack the survivor? I agree. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, well said. Well said. And and I'm with Brandon on the uh, the aforementioned point as well. He said exactly what I was going to say about other franchises. Well done. <laughs> so what did you guys think of um, Ice-T and his quotes in this? I mean, one was, you midget Midas mofo. <laughs> Midas. Like, was there a script or was this just Ice-T just talking, Dude, man? Because I feel like it's like a, an SVU episode. He said, I guarantee Bro. you, Ice-T wrote his own lines. Guaranteed. 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 
Like, 90% of this movie was improv. And, you know, the the main thing that bugged me was, uh, I, I didn't, it's been a while since I've seen this, and as I was watching it today, the opening kill was obviously, the dude takes a pick out of his hair, which, I mean, I get what they're doing, it's in the hood, whatever, and it's an off-screen kill. And I didn't realize that, like, 90% of them were going to be an off-screen kill. And if you don't yeah. know by now, folks, Lacey Wu is not fond of off-screen films. Not at all. I fucking hate off-screen films. Especially, <laughs> I mean, I can deal with one or two out of a movie, or a horror movie, but if it's the majority of the film, then why are you even making a horror movie? Right. Fair enough. Like, do you, what are your guys' thoughts on off-screen kills, Brandon? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, it, I think that it depends too much, right? Like, because I think sometimes they can be clever, and I think a lot of times it's just lazy. So I just think it depends right. on the rest of the film. Like, I think you, again, you can do something where it's like it fits in with the feel of it, but otherwise, I'm like, come on, like, you know, you can just use some practical effect that looks cheap and is easy, and I don't know. Again, but I think it depends on what the film feels like. So this is probably just like they just didn't have money, so they probably just did it that way. Well, I, I think it's the lack of money that they have for kills they spent on uh, giving it to Coolio. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, like when the hand goes through the dude, like that was that was a fun effect, and right. maybe they just blew all their money on that one. I don't know. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, what did you guys think when Ice T pulled a bat out of his fro? Loved it. <laughs> that was, that was Loved good. it. Yep, I like that one. That set the tone, though, for sure. Like you, oh, yeah. It felt like a spoof, though. It felt like a spoof of the Leprechaun. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, this is not the Leprechaun. Like, I love Parts Breeze so fucking much. Well, I see, okay, here's here's one of those things where, yeah, they can change the feel because it's it's so aware of itself at this point in time in the year 2000 that... They can do whatever the hell they want. They can reference itself. They can they can tie it to other films. They could not. It won't matter. None of that matters. All the jokes and and all the <laughs> um, all the dialogue in this movie. It's so over the top. Is it necessary? No. But again, it's like it's it's a it's a lack of understanding where these people are coming from when they want to make a movie like this. I don't understand it. But because like it. yeah, so so they came together and they made this shit show. Is it laughable to me? Absolutely. I still can't see a, a clear reason why anybody would fucking write this and just drop the pen and be like, killed it. <laughs> yeah. Like like I just don't I just don't get that. So but Can that, you say that one more time. They killed it, but it's always been something with me where I've never understood that, especially about horror movies. There's a lot of horror movies that people are just fucking all over these movies, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I I just, I I just, I've never been one of those people. And again, honestly, if, you know, I'm never going to be one of those people to be like, oh, you know, what you like is fucking wrong. Like, if you want to like it, fine, but I have standards. (laughs) yeah i mean i mentioned earlier like i just don't have a lot of patience for bad production value like i just don't anymore when i was younger i i love this stuff like you know i watched usa up all night and monster vision all these things and like bring on like the bad like the bad cheesy stuff and now that i'm older i just like i don't have the patience for it man i don't and i and i and 
I, I feel like that's kind of a shitty thing too, because I really do appreciate people that make film. Like I've worked on films before. It's hard. Like right. it's, it's hard work, but it's like, and there were a couple of movies last year that I got some screeners for and I was like stoked to get them and appreciative. And like, I couldn't even make it through a bunch of them. Cause I was like, it's so bad that I just, I don't have the patience for it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting stuff out, but I just, I'm not going to do it. I just, and that's a, that's a me thing, you know. I don't know. I'm just I'm my, bad about that. My third question to you, Brandon, is uh, would you buy a Postmaster P's Positivity album? <laughs> oh, God. It was so. And, you know, after, I, after you know, a little while ago, we talked about like some of the greatest hip hop songs ever. And then Postmaster P. And every time you say Postmaster P, I keep thinking like, Wait, this is after Master P? Like, it's yep. post-Master P? Uh, and I, I'll, I'll listen to some Master P all day long, but listening to post-Master P, it's not happening, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Master P had a song on the Scream 3 soundtrack was during this year. Absolutely. It was, um... Scream! I hear him coming! I see him coming! So, uh, there was... Obviously, so it's these three friends. One of the lines that gets said... Uh, because they want to make us reference that these people are poor, so they want to refer to themselves as Robin Hood, but they're Robin, Robin the Hood. Hood. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you guys think about them, like, actually going to a pawn shop and, like, I mean, Post Masterpiece is supposed to be, like, the poster child for positivity. Right. And not negativity. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, so, but yet they're taking them around to, like, all the, you know, pawn shops in town, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, I guess that's pretty hoodish. But um, they're trying to pass along this guitar that is signed by Jimi Hendrix that they wrote on themselves. But yet they're passing along positivity messages. Like, do you think that there is a line that should be drawn, or do you agree with them trying to just get money to get ahead? I think the themes would have been better nailed down if Postmaster P had flipped the other guy some shit for trying to, you know, pawn off that guitar. Yeah. He should have been a little like, you guys, this ain't gonna work. This is stupid. I'm, I'm going outside and let the other two do it. Like, that one, that way could have been like, you know, it, it would have nailed home his, his journey and really set a good foundation that we get to watch crumble as the film goes on. But I did notice that too, Lacey, and that's a very, uh, an astute question. I'm glad you asked it because it was something that did stand out to me on this watch as something of an inconsistency. So good, good, uh, good on you for seeing that too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I, but I also think too, though, it's like when you have a setup like that and, and it's not kind of dived into, I think in, especially in the year 2000 as well, we, our our protagonists aren't really that pro. <laughs> like uh, like it's it's a, a lot of these things, you know, where you kind of you just kind of end up with the hero by default at the end of a lot of horror movies yeah, at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it's not like oh, I'm cheering for this dude. But it's what you have. It's like, well, he's not a piece of shit. Like a oh, horrible, horrible, horrible piece of shit. So like, so yeah. While while he does preach positivity, and he didn't give his boys shit for something like that or whatever. But what does he turn into? But and that and that's the arc that I think they were going for. You know, the kind of descent 
into into that into something like that. No, 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 just like let's take for example when Sydney and Scream, she has sex, and so she should not survive. So when Postmaster P decides to be greedy, is it not the same thing? He what he wasn't good throughout the whole thing. He was uh, he was doing that shit in the beginning of the movie. He was trying to sell. That but he guitar. didn't want to. Yeah, but he still did it. He's still yeah, there. That's where I'm at. Like, yeah, you know, he didn't want to break into Ice T's place, but he still did it. So, yeah, with oh. with with Sydney, the you know, because you could say, you know, okay, lust and greed are two of the seven deadly sins there, and I can see how, you know, I can see what Lacey's saying. But on the other hand, Sydney's, I guess, act of you know her her sexual indiscretion there with our our, our man Billy, that right there is supposed to be, I guess, is we're supposed to take it as an empowerment. Uh, type of move, an empowering move on her part to leave those old kind of Puritan slashers behind right. to pave a new way to go for these characters, whereas the greed for Postmaster P was kind of one nail after another in the coffin. Right, thank you, dude, well, thank you, well, is it thank not, you. is it not all about peer pressure, though? What, what about it, though? So, but he, they were he, both peer pressured. He, he succumbed to that. Well, okay, she. first of all, we're talking about one of the most brilliant movies ever written by Kevin Williams and directed by Wes Craven. But we're talking about similar themes. Not really. Yes. No, because here's the thing. When he was doing all those things, like, he may may have had a moral compass, yes, for sure. For absolutely sure. But at the same time, I don't think that the movie, the writers, were being conscious of the fact that they were they were playing with that. They were playing with, with, with the fact that, hey, if you have sex and scream, you're going to well, die. No. And it went against everything in can, Scream, and that's why Scream's brilliant. Can, can I remind you that before Sydney's mom died... Her and Billy were on, um, how, how do you say it? Uh, what's the quote that Billy says? They were on, a, God, on their way to an R rating. Their relationship was hot and heavy. Like, so she was obviously there before her mom died. So obviously she would have had sex if her mom hadn't died. Okay. So she would have been dead had her mom not have died, right? Like, I just feel like it's similar themes and... You know, like you said, greed and lust, they go, you know, and th- those are the themes of horror movies. It's the Seven Deadly Sins, right? I'll say this. Uh, Sidney Prescott has a lot more redeeming qualities than fucking Grandmaster B or whatever. But, yeah, she wrote a book which <laughs> didn't like publicity. Right. And came back to her hometown on the anniversary. How many years later was that? But still. How many years later like, was that? I'm sorry. Sidney is not the angel that she, we all think that she is. Okay. Okay. I mean, I love those movies, but, like, I didn't want to get into this right now. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do think, you know, that, again, like, I think depicting someone as, like, wanting to do the right thing, but then constantly putting themselves in the wrong situation and, like, the kind of moral degradation that goes along with that is, like, a really solid theme and a good idea. I just don't think that, again, these people put that much effort or thought into making that an intentional thing. Like, we're, we're making that connection and connecting it to a good movie as an example. Like, but, but using this as the example, no. No, that this is, okay. this is none of those things. Alright, let's get to the flute. <laughs> yes. Let's get <laughs> so, to the flute. So, obviously, uh, the one problem that I kind of had with this movie, the, the, the major problem I had with this movie actually mm-hmm. is that, so the flute brings like good fortune and, um, you know, yeah. Stardom. Yes. But yet, uh, Mac Daddy stays in the hood. 
Like, he literally did not leave the hood. He is Ice-T, though. But he stayed in the hood. But it's Ice-T. Like, <laughs> like, like, I mean, if you're going to get famous off the flu, right. which is what the whole premise of this movie is about, I want to get Mac famous Dad, off Mac the Daddy stayed in the fucking hood. True. Lacey, what? that is a yeah. hilarious point, and I, I love that you pointed that. Dave Z would have pointed that out. I feel like right. that's something he would have pointed out. I love the that you said that. Why not Miami or Hollywood, oh. right? Right. <laughs> What would you guys have done with the flu? Played it? I don't know. <laughs> like, do you think that, like, this is plausible that he would have just stayed there? Or do you think, like, he felt comfortable in the niche that like, he could mold these young artists from the hood? The side? No, I thought he, he thought he could probably make money off them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he found it putting himself into a position of power, you know? Right. And I think when people... I don't know. I mean, I think people who went the easy way out, if they can find a way to get power over people in the same situations, I think he was going to take it. Yeah. And to to that point, I mean, why not be, I guess, a big fish in a small pond, if you will? So, I mean, why go be just another dude doing the same thing in Hollywood or Miami or or what have you when, you know, you could, I guess, be the guy in Compton? Right. My issue with the flute was how quiet it was. I felt like every single yeah. time, like the sound of it just blended into the background. I was like, "Is he playing the flute?" And you can't really tell until like someone like turns their head really slow. It, and I felt like the, I was like, "Come on, sound design! Like you could just turn it up right. a little bit of a notch." Well, it's it's so funny that you said that because when he first blew it, it it reminded me of that scene in Teen Wolf when he's in the oh, when he's in that point. and and he could hear it and nobody else could. That's exactly what yeah, I thought of. No, that's and that oh, speaks totally. to you. It's like they've watched movies <laughs> and then just implemented a lot into this one. <laughs> right. Um, one of the things that I thought was funny was the fact that, obviously, Ice-T and Leprechaun had this banter from the 1970s, and he comes back, and then he follows him into the restroom at, I don't know why, the Leprechaun likes fingers, and he likes following people into the restroom. What, journals? Because this is the second time we've seen this, at least. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he bites a finger off in every movie, I feel. Yep. Um, but he actually, um, <laughs> the funniest part was when he says to Ice-T, he goes, knock, knock. Like, should not Ice-T be scared <laughs> after he bit off his freaking finger? <laughs> He goes, who's there? <laughs> he literally answered his He knock, indulges them, yes, right, he right. He did. Whatever, whatever the joke calls for, baby. Yeah, it doesn't he, matter. Yeah. It, it, like, so all bets are off? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Like, he literally answered his knock-knock joke. And that's, but again... After <laughs> his finger was bitten off. And I hate trying to, like, trying to sound serious about this, but that is the tone that they set up. So... When, when when you're making jokes like that and, you know, regardless of whether your fingers chomped off or blown off or whatever <laughs> it was and you're still, like, doing knock-knock jokes, like, it just sets the tone for what these movies are and how serious they should be taken, or you know? Or shouldn't be. Or shouldn't be, for that matter, right, exactly. Well, and then following that bathroom scene, we got, um, you know, an electrocution scene <laughs> yes. with the mic stand. Oh, which God. I was like, oh, that's a new one. He's never electrocuted anyone, to which you said. I, I felt like we have to go back to part three because, um, you know, they had the robot with the casino. Welcome to primetime, bitch, that ripoff. Yeah, that kill. kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Yep. Which is kind of electrocution. But what did you guys think of the uh, 
green dot electrocution. <laughs> right. I don't think anything of it. Yeah, I, I honestly had forgotten about it until you just said it, and I just watched it again, like, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, they stole money from... So, we're going back, and... Uh, they, to the hood? Uh, yes. We're not back to uh, the hood. We're not there yet. We're, we're here for the first time, I yeah. I can't believe we got to go back there later. Yeah, it's even worse. Ugh. But, so... <laughs> so, they, they robbed Mac Daddy, right, and the... <laughs> so so they raw Mac Daddy. So that's how the leprechaun reappeared was because the medallion got taken off. And <laughs> we're going to get into the whole medallion here in a little bit. But um, so they want to get money or whatever. And the medallion comes off. They take the medallion off and somehow it gets left behind. Because they're clumsy fools. Yes. Well, have you seen the guy with the space between his teeth? Right. Now that guy's great, Butch. by the way. Butch. He, yeah. hey. He's in one of Cat Williams' uh, stand-up movies, and he's fucking hilarious. Like, I automatically recognize that guy. And while he's maybe not, like, the greatest greatest comedian ever. Greatest? Greatest. That, that sounded pretty Irish. Great, he's not the greatest comedian <laughs> ever, but he sure is a trip. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but, yeah, I was excited about that. And Coolio. We'll get to Coolio. But, yeah, they... Take all, like, and you said, again, they take the money or the gold, like, one by one. They take as, as a robbing. Miscellaneous Mad- pieces. Yes, like, there's, yeah, miscellaneous Just pieces. nothing, like, not like, just, hey, I'm going to take the whole thing. It's just like we played, like, that uh, game that you said that you push off the cliff or whatever. Yeah, you ever, you ever play that uh, game at arcades, guys, where... All the coins are hanging off the side, and you got to put in more coins and to push them off. And it pushes them over? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what, and, like, you just take them, and, like, they're taking these coins one at a time. They should do a leprechaun game and, and do that. No, they put, shouldn't. Put it in the arcade. <laughs> I'd fucking play that shit all day. And then he'd just say his little sayings the whole time while you put in the coins. So they didn't have the Jimi Hendrix guitar this time, but they had the leprechaun's gold. And But, yeah, they only get $575. They got ripped off. $575 is what... They strive to get here. Them homies got had. They did. <laughs> yes, they did. I don't, listen, I don't know anything about currency. I do know that if you have a big, fat sack of gold. I thought you were going to say a big booty hoe. Big booty hoe, hoochie ma. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're rocking on that on that level, then uh, five, what was, you got five bills for 575. it? 575. 575 ain't going to suffice, homie. That ain't even gonna buy you like that uh, amps. Rent. Right, exactly. No. Nope. So that happened. Another thing that I kind of enjoyed about this movie was like the Will Smith references. There was. Where, well, I mean, they said "jiggy with bitches and hoes." Oh, they did! Wow. Jiggy with bitches and hoes. Right. <laughs> wow. That's a good observation. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> well, and then they have. Um, I, I, thing that I really did like about this movie was the the quotes again. Um, oh, they were uh, fucking part, fantastic. Part four really dropped the ball. In he didn't even rhyme. Yeah, no, but I mean, this isn't even. But I was not, mad. Sorry. Well, with the 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 black pawn shop guy, he was like, "Trick or treat your ass." <laughs> <laughs> That's where Buster Rhymes got his uh, inspiration for. Uh, Trick or treat, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Like, did you guys feel like this was a legitimate hood? No. 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 
No. Like it's like they threw in a couple tropes of like, yeah, the the, you know, Mr. Chow, the Chinese guy owning the, you know, the the convenience store and like the pawn shops, but no, it didn't feel it at all. Hurry up and buy. That's all I can think of. Did you guys know that this was actually E, uh, you know, E uh, online? Yeah. Um, they ranked this um, number eight out of ten of hilarious stoner movies. For a stoner movie, because he's hilarious. Hi, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha. This is this is ranked number eight out of ten. Really? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. Is that Eat just online? Is that just well? I mean, that says it all right there. But is this just horror movies? It's stoner movies. In it general. can't be. I can think of a million. Okay, movies. I want you to give me the top ten stoner movies right now. Go. Top ten stoner movies. Yep, ten. Okay. Um, Idle Hands is one of them. All right, there uh, are ten. Two of the Harold and Kumar. I won't even include the second All one. All right. Eight, nine. Uh, oh, no, those are the, those are at the nine, top. Eight. Those are the top. Well, I'm just, we're counting down. Okay. Um, Stoner movie, Dazed and Confused Seven. is up there. Uh, absolutely. Um, Cheech and Chong. Six. Even though that's not a personal favorite of mine, I would say that a okay. lot of people would consider that. You got five more to go. Um, I mean... Oh, I mean, how high is the ultimate stone flick ever? Uh, it's a good Jay movie. Four. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob, the reboot. Three. Um, let's see, what else we got? Help me out, guys. What you else? got three more to go. Um, I can the, think of... A, how about The Stone Age? Did you ever see that the one? The Stone Age is fucking fantastic, is, yes. Is Bill and Ted not a stone Bill movie? and Ted is definitely a stone... That, yes, I, I would say yes. Even though they don't smoke in those movies. No. <laughs> right? But they well, are... Well, they have to. They, yeah, they're so like, dumb, it, they have to be. It's relevant. So that, that, we just named nine right there that are leaps and bounds fucking so much better than this. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's I'm glad we could concur on that. Let's move on. So let's get back into Leprechaun in the Hood here. Unfortunately. Uh, so my notes here say... Uh-oh. Um, this was something that I was confused upon... I want um, to motorboat the transfit. What? No, I didn't oh. want to motorboat. <laughs> I did not want to motorboat Fontaine. <laughs> Yo, you know who I kept thinking of when I saw that? Somebody say steak. steak. <laughs> yes. Did you say steak? You spit a little male jiggle, which was around the same time, right? Was <laughs> yes. that the same year? I think it was like 03, do spit a little And actually, uh, oh no, that's the animal. I was saying that, well, because just... Oh, the animal! That actually had, um, the animal had, uh, one of the chicks from the first season of Survivor on it. Oh, okay. What's that got to do with Leprechaun in the Hood? Well, we've just been watching Survivor. <laughs> oh, so. okay. I thought I was just talking to you. But, yeah. Okay. So, let's get into the drag queenness of this in the Hood. Yeah, that happened. That so was an odd it, decision. Well, there were drag queens... Well, wasn't a drag queen, but they made them dress in drag. The the uh, that the captain in in space that looked like Terry Crews in drag. But yet they brought it back to this. Yes. So, what did you guys think about the drag aspect, Uh, Brandon? (laughs) I mean, I mentioned that earlier. I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the movie. And again, that's something you can't portray portray anymore, just because people get so offended, like. How dare you not let this person live their p- 
predetermined gender that they just made up. Like, you just can't do that stuff anymore. So, and again, the leprechaun's line with that was so good. I just like, oh, I didn't come to play with fruit. And I like, dude, I was laughing so hard at that point. <laughs> oh, what, it, it was what ridiculous. I mean, it, it definitely puts a timestamp on the whole thing. I'll say that much. You know, there, there, are, there are things you could do then that you can't do now. And whether that's a good or bad thing, you know, it is, it, it, it kind of depends on, on the intention and, you know, perceived outrage and what, you know, what's really at play. But yeah, it, it, it definitely, you, you, you go, yeah, that's uh, from about the uh, year 2000 or so. Yeah, we're, we're right there in the pocket. Do you guys think it's sad that we can't actually joke about this? Like, I mean, we can in this context. Oh, I can. I still do. Well, you got banned from Facebook, so no, we cannot. I've been getting banned from Facebook a lot lately. Well, you're not PC. But what do you guys honestly think about, uh, you know, obviously the, the topics in these upcoming films, this one in particular, and the next one is even worse. <laughs> so um, what do you guys think about the, the controversy that is probably coming from these movies now? Like, these movies would not get made today, correct? No, they, they definitely wouldn't. Why do you say that? Uh, I mean, you know, there is a new, I guess, uh, there, there, there is a sort of newer uh, sensibility about, you know, the trans community and, you know, certain just, uh, you know, you know, fringe communities that don't make up a huge percentage of the pie, so to speak, of the population. But there is, everybody has their voice now that we're all on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And so, you know, the, the, the this, this minority is able to be vocal, which is good because, you know, we want to be able to recognize these people. Hell, I karaoke regularly with, with a, a couple, uh, you know, uh, trans, transsexual homies. And one of them sucks. I mean, she's just a bitch. And the other one's cool as hell. And it's just, you know, case by case basis. I'm not going to sit here just like with anybody. I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, every American is great. Every, you know, uh, you know, this is good or bad, you know, case by case basis, but it's good for them right. to, you know, for as far as the sensibility of a group goes, yeah, we want to be able to be respectful and, you know, and I, I, do, I do not say this in the way that I guess your outrage culture people would say it, but, you know, you, you use the word problematic. And I know people who use that word seriously and they mean every, you know, this is problematic, that's problematic. It's like, yes, everything is problematic. I, I, and that's true. And, you know, sitting here claiming that's not the case doesn't solve any problems. And so I guess if you're looking at a movie from then and you feel like, okay, jokes were made and that's what that is. It's a product of its time. But, you know, if it's outright disrespectful and right. it's outright saying, hey, these people suck and should be this and this and this and, and they're, they're, they're lesser than. If you, if you feel that's the message of the movie, then, you know, that's definitely a conversation to be had. Okay, what factors went into that kind of tainted sort of viewpoint, that tainted lens of this group? And is that okay to, you know, to put in a movie? And then that's where you put it all in the free market of ideas and everybody can debate right. it out and then weed it out or promote it. I mean, that's kind of how ideas work. And so I don't know. I mean, it was definitely a, a depiction of, of, of a trans person that is you wouldn't see it. Was it outright disrespectful and hateful? Um, I don't know, but it's definitely irreverent. And that's it not the same thing. It was definitely funny. Yeah, it was definitely funny as well. 
And that's yeah, okay, too. It, it is a product of its time. And yeah. I only I only judge people one way, Watson, and it's whether they listen to Limp Bizkit or not. So. Ah, Same here. So, case or not. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to bring this back to a character that Brandon Young has been referencing all night, which is Mr. Chow. Yes, Chow. Like the underrated star of Love Recon in the Hood. He's yeah. a good dancer. Oh, right? No, I, he I, I fucking you. broke that I, shit down. No, and I felt so bad for the fact that he died. Agreed. And he, did he get put in jars? Like, I'm not completely Was that sure. him in the jar? Like, well, because, like, okay, so the leprechaun goes, like, I mean, he already killed, you know, the other guy. The other pawn star. Yeah, 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 pawn star, and then yes. It, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's it goes, and then it goes to Mr. Chow, and it doesn't actually like. There's a lot of off-screen kills, so it's kind of confusing. Right, he was mm. Chow for later. But yeah, <laughs> wow, you went there. You're welcome, America. That was not cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Chow, like, but then, like, so he was just like, ah, you have me gold, but he didn't have his gold. So, Mr. Chow, sad. This was a very sad death for me in a horror movie trilogy. Why is that? I don't know because he was fun. He was dancing. Like he was, he was, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like he was just fun. Was he not fun, Brandon? No, I thought he was fun. Uh, I definitely didn't feel uh, sad about it. <laughs> you didn't feel sad when he died. No, no. Watson. <laughs> I didn't want to see him go. I would have been fine with him being the final girl. Well, yeah, no, that would have no, been good. The problem that I have with this death is like, so it goes on to like show like another scene, and then it cuts back to like, right, and he's like supposedly in jars. Yeah, like Lep, the Lep took some time to dissect him and put him in all those jars. Like he had, he just yeah. he had some time to kill. He got out a knife and just went that to work. It would have been great if they just killed off Postmaster P, Stray, and Butch, and then it was just Mr. Chow for the rest of the movie. Yes, he's like, I am a lyricist. I will be the lead rapper in your group. <laughs> yeah, no, I just didn't understand that whole aspect because right. there's a lot of Austrian kills, and that's, and, and that's a perfect example. Like, you cannot just kill, like, a likable character and then put them in jars and be like, okay, all's good. Well, baby, I told you they had to pay Coolio. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, Lacey, that is a bizarre kill, is it not? I mean, if you're thinking about it from a writer's standpoint, you're going, okay, we are writing this down on paper. That's what we're doing. Oh, why? And then somebody had to have asked, why is he in jars? And then everybody just looks at each other and like, yeah, it's like, why is he in jars? And they just, everybody just went quiet. No, don't, don't ask that question. Oh, Postmaster P had to, that flute? Yeah, you know? <laughs> Dude, there's so many times in this movie where it's just like, wow, someone was like, you know what? That's a great idea for a thing to do. Let's do that. Like, someone had to sign off on all these choices and <laughs> thought they were great ideas. And, like, I just don't understand it. Well, I kind of feel like once it got Coolio, they were just like, as I walk through the valley of the, the shadow, shadow of death, death, I take a look at my life and realize there's much left. Cause I've been laughing and blushing so long that even my mind is going blind. I never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Keep you treated like a punk, you know it's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Well, you and your homies might be lying. Shut up. Welcome. No, listen. 
I I agree with what Brandon said, though, to be perfectly honest with you. Here's my thing, though. You said that you have, like, sympathy because it's like, you know, people people take a lot of time out of their lives to make movies like that. And, you know, all of us podcasters, we rub elbows with, with a lot of people that are in the industry, that are in the independent, you know, side of horror movies and stuff like that. And I will never discourage anybody, you know, for, for pursuing something like that. With that said, holy fuck, I feel like you have to take some personal responsibility to draw a line somewhere. I know a lot of people I, I truly like. I, 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 I love some of these people. They've made shit movies. They have shit taste. And you have to be able to, to say that, I feel like. And, and, and I'm not saying like, say it to their face or write an article about it or something, but I'm just saying like, movies like this, I, I, I feel like it's unfair and I think that as a community we're doing each other a disservice if we're encouraging shitty movies to keep being made and I get it, like yeah, it, okay, something good could come out of it, yes, absolutely, but also, we're the ones who have to fucking trudge through all this shit on, on VMO or whatever we're watching. <laughs> And it's like, I'm just constantly disappointed. And, and it's like, I wonder to myself, are we somewhat responsible for this because we're encouraging this behavior? Absolutely. I feel like we are. That's just my thoughts I, on it. I think we and, are. And you know what? I may be an asshole. You are? At the, maybe. Well, okay. <laughs> like, Lacey was like, yes? <laughs> she co-signed to that so quick. I know that that's, you know, like, oh, give everybody a chance and stuff like that. And I do, but all I'm saying is, man, there's a lot of shit out there. And I feel like with something like this, this is that shit that nobody said, like, hey, shut this down. This is stupid. <laughs> you know, I we did a whole episode on Anatomy of Fear kind of about, like, about fanboys and, like, kind of yep. toxic fandom. And I think it's okay. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, like, dude, I didn't like this movie. I, I thought it, was, it wasn't for me. But... Some people do take it too far where they're just like, you know what, this movie's trash. You should never make another movie again. Like, I think that's when it becomes toxic. But I think it's perfectly fine to say, like, dude, I didn't like the movie. I I was talking about Clown Nato on some post that Don Anelli posted up. And, like, I was like, this is literally my least favorite movie of the year. Like, I, I like you couldn't pay me enough to watch that movie. And then a guy right. that was in the movie started commenting on that. Yes. And it was so awkward, but I, but I was still at the same time like, dude, I appreciate the work that goes into a film because right. I've worked on films before, so I'll never like shit on the people for doing it. But it's still like, man, I think it's okay to be honest about your feelings exactly. and do it like in the right way. Yeah, like let's all encourage shit and everybody just make shit. We all just have to sit in the shit because we like these you people. Sit in the shit, Dan. Like unfortunately, well, no, because I'm like you know, in a lot of instances. You know, liking someone, it's not indicative of, of the art that they make. I like a lot of people, you know? And, and, and it also goes the other way around. There's some people I really don't like that make terrific movies, and, and I'm okay with that as well. I would rather not like them and, and, and stand behind their art because it's good as opposed to kissing someone's ass or even telling them, not even kissing their ass, I'm sorry. Telling them, hey, it's good, because that's just going to encourage them to make more shit. Well, well 
to be honest with you. I'm sorry. You know, uh, I'm a, a dick. Being I'm a writer for Pop Four, uh, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I haven't really spoken about this publicly, but, um, you know, I took a step back because I did review a lot of indie horror films. Right. And I feel <laughs> like me and myself have a lot of integrity. And I was getting a lot of screeners, and they just wanted nothing but positive reviews. And I'm sorry, but if I think your film is shit, I'm going to tell you so. Right. And Lacey, oh, Lacey, your review of The Stranger's Prey at Night back in the day, mwah. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like, Fuck that movie. like yes. my integrity is the utmost importance to me, and I don't like writing things that I do not enjoy. Right. You know, like, I, I am taking on um, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street 10-year thing. Um, For the remake. The, the remake, yes. I am going to write a, an article. I, I don't know which direction I'm going to take with it, because, honestly, I didn't like the film. But um, I feel like I can go in a direction with it where people uh, on either side are going to fall. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, but when people are sending me screeners and I do not like them... I'm sorry. I'm just going to pass it off to somebody that might. Um, I it, it just I I do not want to write a negative review for somebody. Um, you know, I'm sorry I didn't like your film, but I honestly had to take a step back because that was all I was getting was these films that film after film after film. Yeah, but like I support any horror, but I'm not going to like give you a fluffer review just because it you put out a movie. Like that, that's not who no, I am. Like that, no. That's not okay. There should be an unsaid rule to where they can send it. If you don't review it, just take it that they don't like it and call it a fucking day and move on. But I was getting a lot of pressure. And, but that's and, the thing, right? Yeah. No, no, there, see, and that's the thing. It's all like, one-sided with like, these creators. Okay, just, like, just because I supported an indie horror film that I liked doesn't mean I'm going to like your indie horror film. And honestly, if you're a writer and you're and, co- and you're okay. co-signing to all that shit, instant credibility lost as soon I, as I see the shit that you're co-signing I to. I literally had people harassing me after they sent me their film. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like they're like, "Well, where's the where's the review?" I'm like, "Fuck it, uh, I'm out." There's still a guy. I, I remember. I'm not going to say his name, but there was a guy that posted a link to his movie, and he was just like, hey, and we did watch it, and it was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen, and it's like, that's exactly the situation, like, dude, I'm not like, gonna I say... Can't, I, like, I'm not gonna bash you, No, that's not my style. Like, I bashed Halloween 6, because it's a well-known movie, <clears throat> like, that's, that's the last piece that I actually wrote that I did not like, was mm-hmm. uh, a review of Halloween 6. Yep. You know, and a lot of people will talk shit and say, like, well, why are you podcasting on the Leprechaun podcast? Because that's all shit. Well, you know, these films are enjoyable. They're fun to talk about with friends. And there's a big difference. Like, there's no pressure that nobody's asking me to do these reviews. <clears throat> well, and, and also, I do like talking about this stuff. Contrary to, you know, we're bitching about it and stuff. I love all this kind of stuff because it provides context. It, it shows you both ends of the spectrum, you know? Well, like, this is what you get if this is what you, if, if if this is what you want to put into a movie. If you want to make horror comedies like this, it's it's very achievable. You might even get Coolio in your movie, <laughs> but it, you're only going to read... He needs to work now, man. 
But, no, specifically, JP said that I was a clever writer. And he credited me to an article that I didn't even write. He says that to piss you off, baby. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't write that. I haven't even seen that movie. JP's just a fluffer, period. You're having him on Leprechaun Returns, too. I can't wait to hear that. (laughs) I know, right? He's going to get it. Oh, he's going to get it in his uh, Dream Warriors hat. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, let's get back into Leprechaun in the Hood talk, guys. So, we're at the Mrs. Fontaine scene. You mean Miss Pearlie? No, no, that's the blonde bitch. Oh, that bitch. Mrs. Fontaine is the drag queen. Oh, my God. And she's, like, the Leprechaun, like, he comes in and you said he gave her a look. Oh, the look that yeah, he gave, <laughs> he gave her the up-down look. I think look. that was my favorite part of watching this movie with you. In Ohm, <laughs> I died. Like, I no, I cracked up because it's just a moment, but it's the Leprechaun's reaction to that character. Warwick Davis. And he just looks at her and he kind of gives her the up-and-down look and just, like, the look of After disgust. After he called her a fruit. Confusion, everything, yeah. And it's just, I thought that just encapsulated the whole movie right in that one look without any dialogue or anything. And then you hear her moaning. Did those sound like sex moans to you guys? Never. Brandon? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in the movie context. No, I mean, it sounded like what, like, a 13-year-old boy would make as a sex sound that doesn't know anything about sex. Right. Right. It it sounded like um, when, when, um, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion oh. in the beginning. Oh, when she's, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what yep. it sounded like. It sounded like a fake. Yeah, exactly. It was very fake. Yeah. And they were like, well, I think she's just having a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go in, and it's another off screen fucking kill. What do you know? Right. I really hate off screen kills. You don't say. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. And obviously she got choked to death, right? Right. That's the conclusion we all came to. I, I, I don't know Lots what of... happened. Something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, I couldn't tell. And then after this, we get a lot into the metaphysical. Uh, Butch is apparently a scientist that we didn't know. Oh, yeah? His douche science? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about, um, you know, Butch and his metaphysical bullshit, Watson? <laughs> I didn't think much of it. Go Butch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest getting an intellectual like Watson, and we're like, hey, Sorry. Watson, what did you think of the transvestite and leprechaun in the hood? And he's like, I got nothing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they talk a lot about um, the side of town they're from, which is Southside. Southside? Um, from where I come from, uh, Southside, Westside, Eastside, Northside, uh, those were like poverty levels to where I come from. And the West Side was obviously the upper class. South Side was. What do you mean, obviously? That's not obvious to anybody. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Well, obviously, on the West Side is where we reside. And well, no, South Side is Brightbrook, which was oh. right below West Side. So you're a little gangster? No, East Side is gangster. Oh. And then North. Or no, North Side. And then East Side is the worst. So, you, so, I went did, to the East Side the other day so, and so, saw a crackhead. Yes. So did you guys have any of that growing up? <laughs> like East Side, West Side, North Side, South Side? Absolutely. I grew up in a town of 2,000 people in the mountains of Colorado. 
So we had horses and dirt roads and uh, drugs. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Watson? Uh, you know, I, I lived in a very uh, a very small town myself in rural, you know, Pacific Northwestern Washington. And so it was a lot of northern people who pretend to be cowboys. And, yeah, the occasional there were there was this <laughs> there was this weird <laughs> Like gang that kind of walked around the neighborhoods of this small town. I think they called themselves something like Loop Top. They're like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, what is what is this? I, what are you, what are you guys doing? And I don't think it amounted to any but anything at all. But yeah, I mean, we would we would always you know, hey yo, rep the West, but always as a joke, you know. They're like Loop Top. Yeah, exa- yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. But you know, being over here on the on the West Coast, you know, we be like, "Yo, West Coast, the best coast." But I don't think any of we, we live in a rural town. Nobody would well, take that very seriously. Well, Mike Merriman still says that though. Well, I mean, now that we're talking, I mean, right now, you know, it's a sort of you know, well, you're in Iowa right now, but you know, a lot of the times it is an East Coast to the West Coast sort of thing. And so, you know, we we can do this instant connection thing. So we can throw up our E's, our W's. What what is it? What is it for you, you guys? What do you guys get? To, like Midwest, y'all? We, do you guys get to throw? No, it's like, South Side. We, oh, South like, Side. I mean, really where we we just throw up hearts. Okay, hearts. Or Team Chasey. So just hearts everywhere for everyone. Like fucking Care Bears. No, you take your like little snuggle. All right, I'll tell you how to do the Chasey sign. You take your thumb. Yeah. Okay. And you take your index. You shove it up your ass. Oh, sorry. Anyways, so, uh, uh, Brandon, I'm actually going to throw this to you. <laughs> so, um, obviously, uh, everybody knows you like you're big on religion, right? Wow. I, I, yeah, I guess you could say it that way. Sure. And and so I have to ask you this, as maybe <laughs> Dan was like, yes, yeah, throw this to him earlier, but now he's like, no, don't do it, but what? I'm going to do it. So when they're in the choir, when they go to the church... <laughs> And they're singing the song. Like, how how wrong of this scene is it? Well, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think of. I don't think of things as being irreverent or not. Like, that's never something that I really consider uh, when I watch things because I, most of my life was not as a as a religious person. Thirty five mm-hmm. years of my life was not as a religious person. So, stuff like this doesn't bother me. I just thought it was. I don't know. Just another bad trope in this movie. Because <laughs> so, Jesus love me, I don't yeah. know. And if he don't, I'ma get me a hoe. His mother's yeah. name was Mary Jo. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I've actually I've have been to like a big. I went to so in 2014 I ran for lieutenant governor of the state of Colorado. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, uh, you yeah. If you Googled somewhere, you can find like my my campaign picture and like the stats and stuff. Uh, but we got invited to an African Methodist Episcopal church as, as for like a campaign event. And they invited all the candidates. And I will say it was the most fun I've ever had at a church thing ever because I go and there's, it's, you know, all these people that are dressed to the 11s and they're dressed so nice. And they had the big choir and everyone's clapping and like, you know, it's the women with the white gloves and everyone is so into the spirit and loving it. That's cool. uh, so that is my comparison with this movie uh, when it comes to uh, that kind of like that the church music. And, uh, yeah, again, I just thought it was another bad trope in this movie. 
Was this in 2014? There he is! <laughs> Holy shit, there you are! Literally just... Wow, Libertarian Party, Brandon Young. <laughs> wow. So, so... That's a would, real would thing. Would the flute have gotten you to stay there and listen to Postmaster P in his positivity? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> if I can never hear positivity, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, so bad. So bad. Were you a fan of Coolio back in that time frame in 2000? No, not at all. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, I listen I've there, always been a fan of Coolio since Dangerous Minds. Yes. You Which know, was, my Dangerous Minds, that was a pretty good movie, but, uh, and, uh, True story, I accidentally rode the train when I was in California and got off at East Palo Alto, and that's where that movie took place. And it, dude, it was terrifying. Like, we were like, we're like, we're pretty sure we're about to die. And then another train (laughs) came and we got on it. But no, I never liked Coolio, just not my, cause again, like, I grew up listening, at that time it was all Wu-Tang Clan and Gangstar and like, all the good stuff. Did you have a teardrop tattoo as well? Baby, that's just, no. Uh-oh. That's not what that means. Well, <laughs> that means something much worse. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what tattoos mean. I'll tell you later. I have a ghost face tattoo. It means I love the movie Scream. I don't think that, I don't think Brandon Young is cool anyone, no. Brandon, do you have tattoos? Um, yeah, most of my body. Yeah, really? baby, he's covered in tattoos. Is he yeah. really? Yes. Yeah. What do what you mean? Most, what is your most meaningful tattoo? Uh, most meaningful? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have on my legs. I have one that my son drew uh, when when he was a little kid, and then uh, on my other leg, I have a I have a big pelican uh, because it, it's like this is old Christian symbology that a pelican would pierce its own breast to feed its children. So, and it so it's like a rep- representation of Christ, you know, using his body to feed his flock. So I have a pelican, and there's two baby pelicans in it, and that's so that's a representation of me and my kids. That's awesome. Uh, but I also do have my Miley Cyrus tattoo, so that's yes. pretty yes. cool. Too. What do you mean you have a Miley Cyrus tattoo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. We did, we did. <laughs> At length. I don't know about at length, but the last time I was on, we talked about that. I even yes, texted you guys a picture of it. <laughs> Would it be weird if I got my dog's paw prints? Like, cause that's what I want to do. I want to get Jules's paw prints, and I want to get those on my back. Yeah? Are you going to drink a White Claw when you get that done, too? Is that too basic? Very. Well, I mean, that's my dog, and that, <laughs> that's the one thing that I know that I love the most in this world. That's the baby who. So I don't think that's a basic white girl thing. I think that's just the one thing that I love. But so back to Leprechaun in the Hood, you fuck. Did you guys think the Leprechaun was rapey in this? <laughs> rapey? Yeah. Because um, that was obviously uh, something that we came across as I was reading those headlines. Yeah, I wouldn't say he came across rapey compared to like the second one. The second one, he was, like, mm. very rapey. No, this one was way more. I mean, you think he, so? He, like, he was trying to get head from Postmaster P. Yeah, but that <laughs> What did. do you mean? Yeah. Do you, do you think that... And he was going to okay. fuck the drag queen. Here's my... That is true, too. Now, here's my thing. We don't even know if they didn't have sex. I, I always question the leprechaun's I'm judgment. I'm you right now. <laughs> I, I always question the leprechaun's judgment. 
how he didn't realize that that was the main dude that he's been battling with this entire movie is beyond me. Well, like, in the dress, and it because he's yeah, jacked. He, he's dude, that dude's arms are jacked, and he's like, "Ooh, he's a pretty one." Like, dude, that that's a dude. Right. <laughs> and and here's the thing: if you're going by the the leprechaun, like the leprechaun didn't even like humans. He was trying to fix the girl in part two to make to make her look more like him. So he's not even... So when did he develop this desire for for flesh and then not even realize the difference between a dude and a girl? Well, he did have zombie girls and he could summon them. So <laughs> and maybe, maybe zombie girls have more big bones. We'll go with that for sure. Absolutely. Watson, what do you think? You're 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 a pro at female. So. Yeah, Watson, say something so intelligent if you're, if you're about the, if zombie. You're the, if you're the leprechaun, uh-huh. what are you looking for? Well, I guess I would just do whatever, do and say whatever the writers' room tells me, <laughs> and let's see, let's find out if they know anything. <laughs> to be honest, no. to be honest, on this rewatch, I was thinking like, okay, so Miss Fontaine, whatever, and then they do it again, right? Like where they dress them up again. Like I'm like, it's okay, odd. yeah, it is odd. It's just so it, odd. It, it, it really was, and I'm like, it just didn't need to be done that way. I'm with you. Because, yeah. Well, I mean, they have the joint, they have the clover weed or whatever that just puts them out for like ten minutes, but. I mean, they have that opportunity to, you know, take a girl and make her go up and fool the leprechaun completely. Right. So it didn't need, even need to be done. Well, and and that's my biggest problem with this movie, though. It's the missed opportunities of all these tropes and and all these things that could connect with with you know with with, with the strip clubs and all these different types of things that you could have so much fun with. And yet we're going down this road. It's just odd. And it, it begs the question, like, are they just trying to be even more different? Are they trying to go even more far left and just be so random and crazy? Oh, look at what we did. We just put a, we just put a, another guy in drag now. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, and, and, and. Well, you that, call them fembots. Fe, the, well, the, yeah, the fembots. Yeah, the, the even that was like, okay, I could buy that with the leprechaun. But, again, with the premise of it being in the hood, <laughs> it's just, it seems like a lot of squandered opportunities as opposed to just random things that are happening with this plot that really have nothing to do with the hood or anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, regardless of how you see it, this movie is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, like I said, there were there were parts of the humor that did get get, get me belly laughing, man. Yeah, you know. No, and I don't I don't know if I'll ever revisit this one again, but Same. I certainly enjoyed uh, watching it again for this purpose. Well, and I actually have a theory. Um, we've talked a lot about you know the Leprechaun's legacy and how they come about to be, and I want his legacy. It came to be. Well, I, I didn't mean to. Yeah. I know. That. <laughs> Look at you. But I feel like this is um, pre-Leprechaun Part 3. That's another rhyme. <laughs> yeah. But no, I feel like this is, um, well, because if if you look at all of the legacy of the Leprechaun, so... The, the last, legacy. The, the, is that what this is called now, all these movies? Well, no. the oh, yeah. Can, 
Can I, can I just get this <laughs> yes, out? Yes, okay. All right, so the last time we seen the lab before we did this episode was in uh, space, space. Given and the he fingers. was blown the fuck up, right? Yep. And then before that, he was in Vegas, and he had a medallion. Correct. Right? And then this one, uh, the guys go to Vegas to get famous, and there is a medallion. Correct. I believe this is pre-part three. Okay. And I believe that this is a prequel to part three, and um, because it it kind of leads you on a cliffhanger, right? And you know, obviously, the homeless guy probably took the you know medallion off of him in part three, and that's where part three starts. So I believe that this is because this storyline takes place in the 1970s. To start off with, and yep. then it goes to, you know, the 90s or whatever. It doesn't specify, to. Yeah, no, and I believe that this is uh, before what we see in Part 3. You want to know, know what I believe? Do, do you think I'm right or wrong? I honestly believe that your fan fiction for the Leprechaun franchise is better than what the writers came up with. <laughs> You're but, here. What? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think because, I mean, I guess... Are we to believe that he has been in Ice-T's possession since the 70s? Right. Right. Well, the opening of um, part three is, you know, some old ragged dude coming in yeah. and dropping a pawn shot. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, and, you know, it never really explained where he came in, and I feel like this does. You know, it, it does seem like the, the the franchise plays fast and loose with the timeline. I don't see why you couldn't like say, "Hey, this happened here, this happened here, and this happened here." I, I can't picture any of them. Like, it sounds like you put it together better than they did. Right, that's what I'm saying. Well, and I feel I'm with like you. That, that would make sense to go sure. back to the hood. Back, right. yeah, back to yeah, Leprechaun Six, Lepre- yeah. Leprechaun Six, Leprechaun in the Hood Two. I feel like I feel like I, I feel like I broke it. Yes, I, I think you did. And that's what makes sense to me. Like, we're trying <laughs> so to make sense of this mythology. That's it. That's it. Like I said, with Married with Children, this is what we do on a weekly basis. We make sense love that of the show. ever. Thank Does you. that not make sense, though? Yeah, no, it, yep. and, and I love it. And you I love, love that theory? theory. I love it. Do I you absolutely agree with it? Yes, it's great. It's a great theory. Because well, yep. they talk about Vegas all the time. Again, it? though. Again, though. And that's where it ends. Again. If that is the case, and we are talking that it's the same Leprechaun in all the movies, too. That's a big thing. If we're talking that, then Leprechaun 1 and 2 should not exist. That's not true. Because he's, well, he, like he just said, he's supposed to be in his possession since the 70s up until, okay, so up until technically, like you said, the, the time frame. Well, the 4 could still exist. Four could. I'm just saying. I'm just tell- so I'm talking two, about one and two. two. One. Yeah. So then you could easily argue, though, that it's not the same leprechaun. But you know what? I will, I think it is I will go with what Brandon said earlier, too, though. It's like he's kind of – he lives eternal through these movies. There's no continuity stringing all these movies together. It's just – it's a completely different take using the same actor in the same makeup – but no, I think they're supposed to be different stories or different leper. I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> I just don't. Know. Your brain just broke. Yeah. And I've been inside for way too long, and I'm thinking about, um, you know, fan fiction for the Leprechaun. Thing. Yeah, we've been talking <laughs> Leprechaun for almost three hours, and we've been stuck inside for a month. We're all going crazy, man. <laughs> hey, at least you can talk to that. 
<laughs> no, I, no. I, again, I as painful as Leprechaun in the Hood is, uh, spending time with you guys is always worth it. Oh, and and hey, I want to take this opportunity to thank you both for coming on because we love you so much. And again, I got to do my obligatory apology, uh, saying sorry for for having you endure such a treacherous. <laughs> <laughs> no. These- Awesome. Shut up, Dan. Okay. Well, uh, well, and Lacey, you that. asked me which one I wanted, and I said this one. So yeah, he, he did. He did actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're gonna get your guys' ratings on this film, Brandon. One out of five. Go. You guys and your one out of fives. Uh, yeah. Like a, a two. Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a. I mean, it's below average. So yeah, it's a two. All right, Watson. I'm in that two to two point five range right there. Yep, um, I would completely agree with Watson. It gets a two point five if I'm really high and enjoying myself. Um, <laughs> but that have anything to do with the movie itself? That's just yeah. It's it's not what a good. Are you- you gave uh, Leprechaun 3 a 2.5. Okay. And you said this was better than Leprechaun 3. So, 2.8. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it does not get a 3, though. Okay. Give it a 2.8. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I am actually going to give this. I I think you're wrong, and I think... You often do. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like you're just going with guys on this one. What do you mean? Where I feel like you're a bros from a host. Uh-oh. Well, I just want my bros. But like, no, no I was here. I, I completely <laughs> think you're... Uh, so what do you rate it, then? I, it's a three out of five. Okay, so so you're, you're point two. Like, <laughs> point two. Like, all right. It's not that different, but, but, but no, what I'm taking into consideration is the entire franchise as a whole. Yes, yes. And I think once you watch uh, the next one, you're going to have... Greater appreciation for this one. Listen, I, I that enjoyed is true. Watching, I enjoyed watching this immensely. I had a fucking great time. Like we were laughing the whole time. Oh that, no, no, you enjoyed it. But yeah, I you did. gave what did you, uh, you gave uh The movie itself is not good. It's a two point eight top that's being generous. It's okay. not a good movie. Uh, Alright, fine, I'll give it a three because of Coolio. Right. Wow, <laughs> above average man. Think about that rating. <laughs> All right. Brandon. Oh, me, Lucky Charms. Oh, I'd say this episode went rather well. Both of you fellows did quite swell. She scheduled this was kind of a bitch, but when we got together, it went off without a hitch. Oh, dear Watson, how can you say this was a demotion? Any podcast of Cut to the Chase is surely a promotion. <laughs> You're both so good. That's why we ask you to be on Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh. How can I even begin to make up a pun? Chatting with you is nothing but fun. So here is the smarty from the Watsy party and the lovely deer from the Atotomy Affair. I know you both probably thought this film was a turd, but please tell us all where you can else be heard. <laughs> that was good. As long as I don't have to rap my response, because <laughs> clearly I am not a rapper. So. Did you not like your finale? No, that was that was great. Awesome. No, like I said, as long as you don't make me rap anything again, because I, I just I, I, I gave it. Say that again, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Watson, please go ahead, my friend. Okay. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> thank you so much for having um, me on. This, this was great. This was, <laughs> this was so much more enjoyable than I could have ever thought a discussion on Leprechaun in the Hood could be. <laughs> you guys are two wonderful friends of mine. And I, I mean, three, I mean, obviously Brandon, but I'm speaking to the hosts of the show here, not to be <laughs> exclusive here. But yeah, like, thanks so much for having me on. I host a podcast here on the Horophilia Network. Alongside Mr. Dave Z, who was on the first episode of your Lep, uh, your Lep Retro. Yes. And, uh, this podcast is called the Watsy Party Horror Show. I'm the Watt. Dave's the Z. Watsy Party. And we've got what I don't feel ashamed to say is a high quality monthly show for you friends and listeners out there to check out. It's a three act podcast. Act one of the show, we go into that month's horror releases, what's coming out, what you might have missed. In Act 2 of the show, we engage in a horror-related topic of discussion. Then in Act 3, we give an in-depth, spoiler-free review of a horror film of our choosing. And the secret, though, is that if you stay past the outro music, you let that play out, that right there is when the after-party happens. And after the show, oh. it's the after-party. And then we discuss the episode's <laughs> film, but with full-on spoilers. Couldn't be happier with what we're doing on that show. I think it's some of the best work either of us have done as far as film review goes. I really do yes. think that... That like you listen to all you listen to horror quarter you listen to Dave's other shows I think these are the sharpest reviews you're going to hear either of us do on any of them across the board. I also co-host a monthly show with Duncan McLeish of the podcast Under the Stairs. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Opera Omnia is the name of that show where we're going over each of writer director Ben Wheatley's films one by one. And I'm so happy Duncan wanted me to join him on the first season of this, you know, show he's rec- uh, resurrected. So to hear that, you got to subscribe to the Teaputs Collective. That's T P U T S Collective, and there are a bunch of shows on that feed. The one I'm on is Opera Omnia, and then as Brandon is likely about to say, we're co-hosts on the Horrorcast, which is, you know, weird as we said before because it's one of the shows that got us both into podcasting, and now here we are on it. So. Yeah, make sure to check out the Horrorcast, get some fun and intelligent reviews in your ears. So, yeah, Watsy Party, Horror Show, Opera Omnia, the Horrorcast, that's where you can hear your boy Watson, and cut to the chase right now. Yeah! So much for joining us, Watson. Brandon! Yeah, so uh, you can find me on my occasionally quarterly podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, we've been around for almost three years now, and I think we've released 13 episodes. uh, So we're just, we're smashing it. Um, But yeah, so the Anatomy of Fear, it's a longer form uh, discussion, usually topical, where we'll take a topic such as, you know, uh, where does evil come from, uh, masculinity, masculinity. working on an episode and hopefully have Mr. Watson on where we talk about why we root for the bad guy. Uh, that's one that we're hopefully going to tackle. Um, and yeah, uh, we're not on a network. You can just find us on any directory, just anatomy of fear. Um, I'm a frequent, uh, co-conspirator on the fresh cuts podcast on the horror feeling network though. I've done more shows of that than I've done of my own show. Um, (laughs) so, and, uh, but yeah, and of course, uh, the horror cast has just been uh it's it's really cool to be part of that and uh you know it's my second time on cut to the chase i've been wanting to come back ever since uh because a little movie that i just suggested just because ended up being my favorite movie of the last year and uh, a big part of it was just talking with you guys about it so uh yeah so that's where you can find me and i i've been guessing on a bunch of stuff lately so uh again appreciate it i missed uh chatting with you guys so it was it was a lot of fun 
Oh, and we'll, we'll we'll have you guys back again sometime Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. The, the whole the whole purpose of doing this franchise and getting people on is to kind of to set a trend, and we're trying to get more people on more often because you know this is what we live for. We love hanging out with you guys. Obviously, you guys are the best of the best. It's just so much fun. And, I don't know, it's really rewarding for us as well. And, um, Nobody I don't know. just wants to hear us talk. But thank you guys so much for coming on. And we will have you guys back on Cut to the Chase soon. So, for Dan Chase, Lacey Lou, Brandon Young, and Watson. We are out. Peace, Peace out. A-Town down. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta lope. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool. I'm the kind of cheater little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light. situation they got me facing i can't live a normal life i was raised by the shit so i gotta be damn with the hood team too much television watching got me chasing dreams i'm an educated fool with money on my mind got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye i'm a loped out gangster set tripping banker and my homies is down so don't arouse my anger fool death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away i'm living life do or die what can i say i'm 23 now but will i live to see 24 the way things are going i don't know After minute, hour after hour, everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking. It's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking. They say I got to learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't, I guess they won't, I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool.
I love fucking you guys. Oh, man. <laughs>